Three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there's that one time. You know, oh, jeez. Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is dropping out. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It is. My favorite thing now is that, like, because we never actually get it right up because of the delay, that I intentionally try to get it as bad as possible. Um. So that's not bad. I do like when you when you just start saying it randomly. I I, I approve of that. I approve. What's of it up? All right. Welcome into this episode number fifty three of Jobbing Out, as in. One of fifty-three, which I'm you know, already planning on you being a part of for the New York Giants come this weekend. Sounds so like a thing to me. That's that's the reason why it's that. Glenn Clark, uh, Aaron Oster will join us later. AJ, oh sorry, also the um, <clears throat> go ahead. The main event, 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 event. event. AJ Francis of the New York Giants. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. I thought I waited that one out just long enough, you son of a bitch. Um, we got a lot to do this week. It's a very busy week. Uh, it's so much feedback from last week's show, one of our more popular shows that we had done in a while, despite it being very I mean, lengthy. it was one of the best shows that we've done in yeah, a while. Yeah, we got a ton of Go feedback. back and li- If you're listening now, this show is going to be great. A lot of great guests. Go back and listen to last week's show. Fantastic. Yeah, it was. We were all over the place last week. We were all over the place between having, you know, the Godfather on the show. Uh, all aboard the uh, train. Um, but also uh, bizarre, bizarre. Uh, look, Aaron does a lot of weird things on this show, and it's just sort of weird in general. I think we all know that about Aaron. But a take that he offered last week will go down in history. But the thing is, the thing is, it's not. I don't even blame Aaron, bro, because Aaron is just like a, one of the mindless, like internet troll sheep people that watch wrestling. Was that a popular that, take? Yes, I, I saw many, many people saying that after the paper, well, after uh, Monday Night Raw, bro. I, they were not our listeners because our listeners came in very heavy on what the f is that guy thinking. Um, but Aaron, it was bizarre. I can't believe there are other people that shared this opinion about what occurred last week. Again, if you missed it, go back and listen. And then there was um the payoff of our SummerSlam bet, which uh, which was awesome. Took quite but... the path. <laughs> took quite the path. Uh, to where we all. It was great how we how we built it up the entire show and did like it was like it was like we wrote it like a TV show. Well, um, it led to me getting some great gifts from our buddy Ben Nash this week. <laughs> As uh, he sent me some new compression shorts and tights, uh, need those, um, yeah, need those. and I have—they've changed my life already. I, I, oh my god, they're wonderful. 
But um, my God, if you did not listen, just go back. Go back right now and listen, and then come back and listen to this week's show. And as AJ pointed out, we do have we have great guests coming up this week. A lot to talk about. Uh, but we've got three guests scheduled for this week's program, and they all have different... Have we ever done that before? No, we've never done that before. And what's cool about it is they're all sort of talking about some different things. Um, uh, uh, we're going to be joined here in this first segment by uh, someone who I'm sure you are very familiar with. Of course, Frank the Clown, who you have seen sitting ringside at WWE events for, my God, how long? Years. Years. At this point. Um, he has gotten into his own sort of world as a wrestler. And he is going to be wrestling this weekend in Chicago in a tag team match that also includes our buddy James Ellsworth and former, former WCW, WCW champion. World Heavyweight Champion right. David Arquette. That is true. He's back. He's wrestling, and he's going to be wrestling in a match with Frank the Clown this weekend. So we're going to talk to Frank about all that after AJ and Frank were hanging out at uh, NXT uh, last weekend in New York, so we'll do that in segment number. Make two, sure you make sure you do the bit where you ask them to say something bad about me, and then they I, tell I try, you how great I, I try am. every week, and I never have any success, and it really pisses me <laughs> off. Oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, I had uh, Vernon Davis on my show this week, and he says he still will pay off the bet that he owes us. He says he still that's, rem- that's awesome. He remembers it. Uh, he wanted to hear from you directly. He did say that. He said he wanted okay. to hear from you, but he said he would pay off. I believe it's he's got to sing You've Lost That Loving Feeling was yes. the bet that he owed, and so we got to get that taken care of. Um, but, yeah, Frank the Clown's going to join us. We normally have a policy uh, that no one from Duke may ever be on this uh, show. It's just, you know, I think that's a good life policy is that we're anti-Duke. Yep. However, uh, Jacob Casper, former All-American wrestler at Duke who just had a tryout with the WWE, is going to join us a little bit later on, so we'll have to air some grievances with him. And then, I'm really excited about this, a local guy who's getting to do something incredibly special. If you don't know the story of Timmy Baltimore, um, it's unbelievable. Timmy Baltimore, at five years old, was the victim of a drunk driving accident and had to have rods put into his back, but he wanted to get involved in wrestling and refused to let anything stop him as he's dealt with that in his life. Um, he's been everywhere. He's done Florida Championship Wrestling. He's done Ohio Valley Wrestling. And uh, he's friends with Cody Rhodes, and Cody is putting him in on the broadcast team this weekend for a little event you might have heard of called All In. And uh, Timmy's What is this? What, yeah, what's you this might have event? heard of yeah, All In. Uh, I believe it sold like 10,000-some tickets in Chicago. Um, and, like, and, like, how long did that take? Oh, oh like a couple of minutes. Like, just a couple of minutes in order to sell out in Chicago. Wow. But uh, Timmy is uh, one of our own. There's a reason why he's Timmy Baltimore. He's one of our guys. He's a local guy. And so uh, we're really excited for him, and we're going to chat with him. So all of that coming up on this week's show. My, oh, my. We couldn't have more to do. AJ, with that in mind, let's you and I talk about what happened uh, this week, and then Aaron and I will get into some other stuff later on in the program. Uh, a couple of things that really jumped out at me. Hold about- on, hold on, hold on. I got I to start this off so we oh, get this yes. out of the way because yes, we already know the answer. Yeah, we do know the answer. <laughs> Who had the best match on Raw this week? Uh, oh, it was Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. That would Next be correct. Question. Yes, correct. That would be extremely obvious. That Ke- Oh, my God. What a match that was between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins, which I guess just further extends Seth Rollins' lead, right? Yeah, so as of right now, I just updated the standards. And as of right now, we have uh, Seth Rollins it has 15 wins of match of the week. With 11.5 on this weighted scale, remember the weighted scale is if it's not a one-on-one singles match, no matter every person that's involved in the match gets 0.5. Right. So right. So he has 15 wins and he has 11.5 on the weighted scale. Mind you, second place 
is Finn Balor and Roman Reigns both have 11, but that's on the non-weighted scale. So that shows you the kind of year Seth Rollins is having. Yeah, yeah well, I think it's... um. I think uh, well, you know, we'll get we'll get to that when we get to the jobbies, but I'm pretty sure that is just about locked up at this point for <laughs> Mr. Burn It Down. Um, anyway, yeah, that was the match of the, the week, no question about it. Now, I let, we'll start there. Kevin now. Owens, uh, I want to say this: Kevin Owens extended his lead over fifth place. Braun Strowman is in fifth place right now with wow. four wins, three on the weighted scale. Kevin Owens is in fourth place with nine wins, eight on the weighted scale. But in fairness, if we did a who had the best strength, a feat of strength on Raw, I think Braun Strowman would probably be a little bit higher on oh, that yeah. particular He'd probably level. be the only person on the list. Right, correct. Um, I guess we'll start with Kevin Owens then, and we'll get to some of the other stuff we need to talk about. I, I'm not sure where they're going with this. I, I don't. like somebody, the- somebody thought of the idea of, them using this to get Kevin Owens on all in and I was like that's never going to happen. Well, I, Let, there's no reason for WWE to to want that. Why in the world would the WWE want that? Like it's it's one thing to not be dickheads about something else that's happening. In what world is the WWE interested in helping all in? Like what why would that even make remote sense? Um now I I think the theory that they want to cast doubt is interesting, right? Like, if what they're attempting to do is using the date of All In to say, we want, you know, idiots to believe that there's a chance that Kevin Owens is actually walking away and is going to All In this weekend, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I, I hear you, but what's the ultimate gain from that? Like, he's he doesn't show up. When and, is Sammy coming back? Uh, I think we assume he was really, like, like, I think the word on Sammy was that it was going to be quite some time. And so I think the word is that Sammy's not going to be back for months. Damn. So I honestly, I mean, this could be their way of getting him on SmackDown. This could be their way. Because, I mean, when he came to Raw, it was him and Sammy both came to Raw. Correct. And it was to get away from Daniel Bryan. Well, he had been, remember, they had been, they had been fired. So, yeah. like, they didn't have a choice. They had They were fired from SmackDown. And uh, Paige at one time was in the wrong, you know, eyes of the quote unquote management of WWE. So that could be a way that they say, look, Paige, we know you've been on in our shoes before. Bring us back. Bring bring me back. I want to blah, blah, blah. And that could work out that way. Or it could just be the uh, uh, the first step in something that I have no idea what's going to come. And that's the thing. The interesting if that was the case that he didn't show up the next night. Right, like that. If if you were going a route of just wanting to get to, get him to SmackDown, why wouldn't you just immediately have him show up on SmackDown? I think it also sets a dangerous precedent. If if and I'm not saying dangerous because again, all this is pro wrestling and it's a joke, and I realize it's all very fake. But like, I think within kayfabe, it sets up a weird precedent that hey, if you don't like the show that you're on, you can just quit and go be on the other show, right? Yeah. Like, I, and I don't know if that's something that they want to set up. In kayfabe, I think this is more interesting. Well, I, I mean, they did they did point out that Brie Bella is going to be on Raw, r- right? During right. like a little commercial thing, it's but Brie Bella is going to be on Raw, and she's currently on SmackDown. But I think that we've we've said this before that like part timers we accept have different rules, right? Yeah. Like if you're a part timer, you don't play by the same rules as everyone else. And and I think and I think it's only so that they could because they were billed as the Bella Twins, so I think right. it's leading to the women's tag team 
title match like we've talked about before. Correct, correct. Although if that would be interesting, if it's going to be the Bella Twins versus Sasha and Bailey, then you're not going to have Nikki Bella in the main event against Ronda Rousey, which is what so many of us... No, 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 no. I don't, I don't mean that's going to be the match there. Oh, it okay. could be. Okay. What I'm saying is, you like, think it I'm helps assuming they're going to do, like, a women's tag team tournament. Right. Okay. Okay, interesting. So and, that helps kickstart the division is what you're saying. Yeah, because then you got the Bella Twins, you got the Riot Squad, you got... Uh, uh, the Boston Hug Connection. You got right. the Iconics. You have Naomi clearly looking for a partner somewhere. Like, you have a lot of possibilities to right. be there. Right, and you still have potentially Sonya and, and Mandy Rose. Yeah, you know what yes. I mean? Right, like, no, there's, there's a lot of options that are there, and that's a good point. Um, Alicia Fox and Mickey James at this point could be a There it team. is. Um, so, yeah, no, that would make sense, and I'm with you on that, and I think that you're trying to establish something. I just don't know that you just want it to be that, hey, if you don't like where you're at or if you don't like your GM, you can just quit. I, I mean, then why wouldn't everyone quit when they're unhappy and just go to the other show? You know, like, I think that's a weird that's a weird precedent. I've, I've seen some people hypothesize that that you just take Kevin Owens off TV for a little while um, and try to and, and try to create a moment down the road. And it's something that they've never done without an injury. They've never, without an injury, done a thing where they just took someone off TV for a little bit for the sake of taking them off TV. I mean, they 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 have done it without an injury, but it's become been because of like a movie or oh, like, right, fair, correct. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. It hasn't had to be an injury. It could be something else that was going on. That's that's reasonable. But could they do it simply for the purpose of hey, look, you know, we don't we don't have anything pressing with Kevin Owens at the moment. We could create a bigger moment in three months when he shows back up if we remove him for a little bit. And, you know, it might it might give some value to Kevin Owens at that point when he returns. It's interesting, but I just don't get the point. Kevin Owens is great. Why wouldn't you want him on TV every week? You know what I mean? Like, what moment are you creating that's so great that's better than just having Kevin Owens work every week? So, to their credit, I'm interested because I don't see a, a logical situation. I don't see an an obvious answer for what you're doing with Kevin Owens. And I don't know. I'm intrigued to say the least, but I, I just don't like any scenario where I'm not getting Kevin Owens. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm agree with everything you just said. Yeah. I mean, like, did you see the match on Monday? You mean, I mean, yeah, you, you don't want that. <laughs> like you don't want as much of that as you can possibly get. I want that. I don't want Kevin Owens off of TV. So we will see how that thing plays out. Um, the fallout from the main event on Monday night, I think, is another conversation that we have to have. What are they doing with Braun Strowman exactly? Because your theory last Tur- week... Making him heal. Okay, but then why did they have him do the face thing and announce ahead of time when he's cashing in? If you want him to be a heel, you should have him do it in a heelish way. Have because, him... because I told you why. Well, because they wanted he, to be in Hell in a Cell. told you why. Right, I get I it. Said this, I said this on the show last week. This is all built up for... Braun Strowman to cash in at Hell in a Cell to say that the Shield can't come in and help, and that is while it is here, it would be healed for him to cash in. That surprisingly, as long as the Shield's around, they're always going to be there to stop that. But if that's the whole point of the Hell in a Cell, this is literally what I said last week. I, no, and and I, I, I know, right? I know wrestling more than all you. Idiots. No, and it makes sense, but it still doesn't. They're not doing. Look, him doing what he did to Roman in the main event and and lining himself with Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, that's clearly heelish, right? That's clearly a heel move, and that's good. But it it's conflicting. It conflicts with 
the I'm going to announce when it is and I'm cashing in. I'm but just, the I'm just, thing is, this is what kills me. This is what kills me so much. It's the same reason why it didn't make sense when people said that the shield was heels in that situation. It's because the shield literally powerbombs people through tables, whether they're faces or heels. Okay? They do all that gang up three on one shit, whether it's faces or heels. They do all that shit. They do it all the time. Braun Strowman was a face that literally pulled the Titantron down on two people and could have murdered them. Right. And people cheered. That's true, yes. Well, and we'll get to they're having a similar problem on SmackDown right now with Becky and Charlotte, and we'll get to that. Yes. Right. So, like, it's like he's a heel and he's acting like a heel and he's doing heel things now. But they're not really that much different than the face things he was doing a month ago. And that's so part like, of the problem, right? And and by the way, there is something to be said for even as heelish as what he did was what what he did in the main event was, the argument that was sort of created on the broadcast is relevant, which is dude, you know, he, he's got to face this guy in a couple of weeks and winning the championship clearly matters to him. And so, if he can weaken his opponent between now and then, that's just kind of smart. And so, yes, it's heelish to turn on your, your partner in a tag team match and to align yourself with two other heels. There's no doubt about that. But in the name of, I'm facing this guy, I want to win the belt, this is the guy that I'm facing, and if I can help myself try to win the belt in a couple weeks, I want to do that, you're hard-pressed to sell that as being you know, a, a true heel. Like, it's just sort of a smart thing to do for somebody getting ready for a championship match that has never won the championship in their career. So I, I think they've got a problem right now with, I, I, I'm with you, and I was with the theory that you had. The best thing they can do to try to help with Roman Reigns being over is for Braun Strowman to be a monster heel. And considering it's Braun Strowman, he should be a monster heel. But they're not really doing the things right now that can honestly get the crowd to get in, over on him as a monster heel at the moment. I mean, they'll never be able to. He literally tried to murder people on multiple occasions and was cheered. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just a... It is a problem. It's it's going to be a problem for them. I, the smartest thing to do is obviously to keep Roman aligned with the Shield as much as possible because yeah. that's, that's the easiest way to protect him, right? Easily. Ooh. And the pro- that's the problem you're currently having with... Uh, Becky and Charlotte on SmackDown is if you had Sasha and Bailey over there with Charlotte, I don't think that this would be, I don't think it would be being handled. It might not be as right. It might not be as, as difficult as the situation that you're in. You're right about that. But I remember, remember, remember like 10 days ago when everybody loved Charlotte. Right. Correct. Of course. It's Charlotte. She's the queen. Well, all of a sudden 10 days ago, but the Becky storyline was so much more compelling. Every single person that booed her 10 days ago, would have said she was the greatest female wrestler of all time 11 days ago. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you're right about that. You're 100% right. But, okay, and I'll go back to, to SummerSlam and the way I thought it should have gone. If they were going, isn't this, isn't it easier for Becky to be a heel if she had just won the match? Like, I, I, I come back to, if this was the route that you wanted to go, if you wanted Becky to be the heel, then continuing to have her chase and come up short we root for the people that are chasing. We, that's the way that it works in professional wrestling. Yeah, but it's but the thing is that like they've done they dude she literally beat up one of the most beloved female wrestlers in the history of WWE after the match at SummerSlam, and then again this week on SmackDown. I hear you, 
But her, her. But that, if what more? What more? People say, right? Oh, WWE booking. Blah, blah, blah. What more do you want a heel to do? Um, I would have rather had the heel do that, do something within. You know, used an object, done something foreign to take. If out. she would have hit her with a kendo stick, everyone would have said one more time, one more time. So that's not true. Yeah, I mean that would have been t- a kendo stick would have been tough. I. I, I don't know. Literally anyway. Maybe the answer One is you couldn't you couldn't interject Charlotte into this situation because you had literally just built the storyline for Becky like that everybody was it was very difficult and I know they were in a tough spot. I do think it I do think it's dumb that they decided to go like this feud would make so much more sense just reversed. Right. It would make more sense reversed. It would make there's a lot of ways that make more sense. And if they had just what, But the problem is people you say that but before 11 days ago was there any doubt that Charlotte Flair was more over as a face than Becky Lynch? No, no doubt. They where they screwed no up, doubt right? At all, where they so screwed they did up it how they should do it. Except but the for, problem is the wrestling fans are the worst. Well, I, again, I'm going to come back to one other thing. They and I think that part of this was they didn't know when Charlotte was going to be available, and that really did end up leaving them in a bind. But not that's a good problem to have, right? It's Charlotte Flair, but. <laughs> You created a scenario by which everyone could embrace the Becky Lynch story. When she became number one contender and was set to go up against Carmella, that that was awesome. It was everything we wanted. Becky Lynch, who we love, getting her moment at SummerSlam against someone that we don't like. You gave that to us. You handed that to us on a silver platter. You're going to get... Becky Lynch getting her big moment, becoming champion again. You love Becky Lynch. You don't like Carmella. You're going to get it. And then a week later, you took it away. And I I understand the thought process, but if you had never given us the taste of we're going to get that thing that we want, I don't think you get the same reaction. I don't think it comes. I do. I do think so. I think if that same match is booked as a triple threat from the beginning and it ends up exactly how it ends up, the same thing happens. Oh, I don't. I think in this scenario, you shouldn't have had Becky in the match. I think if you knew that Charlotte was going to be in the match, you should have had Charlotte versus Carmella at SummerSlam and then had Becky run out and and take out Charlotte after the match. I think that would have been a way easier way to create a scenario where Becky would have been heel. That would be what I would have done. But again, I, I sort of. I'm a little bit sympathetic to the idea that I don't think they fully knew exactly when Charlotte was going to be ready. And because of that, I think they were trying to clean things up in a messy situation. And unfortunately, it's created a bigger mess for them where I, I don't think there's anything they can do. They'll, they'll probably try to have Becky come out and say awful things about the crowd again next week and how much she doesn't care. But I don't think there's anything they can do. I think this is going to be a situation where as long as this goes on, people are going to root for Becky because they're going to root for Becky because they want her yep. to get that moment no matter what. And, it's, and they're the worst. Well, fine. That's true, too. You're not, you're not wrong about that. But I would also say one other thing, which is it's not that dissimilar to the Braun situation, which is Becky's doing all of this in the name of wanting to win the title, and we're good with people that want to win the title. Like, you, you can't. She wants to win the title, and she has an opportunity to take out somebody in the process to try to win the title. You know, it's it is no doubt it should be heelish, but it also kind of comes off as smart. It also kind of comes off as that's well, aren't, aren't all the heels smart. Um, 
yes, but in more conniving types of ways, right? Like when it's not yeah, about yeah, when it's not about the championship, when it's just about being a dick. You know, like yeah. it, 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 that's more evil than this is. Hey, also uh, before we call in Frank the Clown, yes. I'm really struggling with this. What was the better segment this week? Was it Elias's segment or the New Day segment? Ooh, ooh. Um, I, you know, the New Day and Booker. I, were, I fully barked out with King. Right, Booker. and and he did the whole thing, which was great. The fact that he he sold it the whole time, and like we, you know, we just pretended like he's always been King Booker, right? Like that he never <laughs> went back to being Booker T, which is sort of wonderful that we all just sort of worked under that assumption. And the stuff with Big E was great. You know, it's, it's in a weird way, I, I really liked the segment with Trish, but I feel like it kind of got convoluted after a little while. Like, like I think I would have just liked Trish and Elias. Like, if that had just been that and it had never gone, I, I think I would have preferred that. So I'll tell you that I think I like the New Day Booker segment better. I think I, I, I like that better than I like. And again, I like the Trish, and I liked her interaction with Elias, but at some point it became kind of like so messy to me. There was just so much going on in that segment that it got away from what was worth. The back and forth between Trish and Elias was tremendous. Amazing. Yes, tremendous between the two of them. Um, and if I had just gotten that alone as a segment, hey, I'm Trish Stratus, I'm back. I'm going to be there at Evolution, like thumbs up all around. But then it started. There's so many people involved. I don't know. I don't know. I I just I, I'll give you the new day. That's my answer. And also, more than anything, from this the new day segment, we got never go full sex. Then. Oh my God! No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. And as promised, now joined here on Jobbing Out by a man that you've been seeing. Like this guy has been sort of like part of the furniture for I, Frank. Actually, AJ and I were trying to guess how many years. Have we seen you at wrestling events now at this point? How long have you been doing this in your life? Oh, man. It's, it's been quite some time. Uh, I would say it's over. I want, the first time was like 2008, so it's been 10 oh years, my which is God. Either, it's either really cool or really sad. I mean, I think we think it's really cool, so we'll go with right. that. He right. is. You've been seeing him ringside, and now he's got his own wrestling career, including an unbelievable match he's going to be part of uh, in Chicago this weekend, which is really the center of professional wrestling in the world this weekend, as on Sunday he is involved in a tag team match where his partner will be our good buddy, James Ellsworth, and he's taking on RJ City and former WCW champion David Arquette. We are joined now by Frank the Clown here on Jobbing Out. Frank, it's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. No, I appreciate you guys having me and letting me come on and show this uh, absolutely ridiculous wrestling match that's taking place this Sunday. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's it's ridiculous, but that's pro wrestling, and it's perfect for that reason. We'll get to that in I a mean, it, it, is this the greatest tag team match ever? <laughs> right. I yeah, mean, yes, James yes, it is Ellsworth actually. and David Arquette alone in one match. Then you throw in Frank the Clown. Yeah. Like, I mean, what more do you – that's wrestling. And – I agree, by the way. Like, this is – I've said this before. Like, people people take themselves too seriously. Sometimes you forget that you're watching pro wrestling, right? Like, this is tremendous. And, like, I'm sure you get a ton of shit from – and I know right. that you get shit from people on the internet all the time anyway. So, like, I'm, that's right. not, that's nothing new to you. 
That just means you're successful. Welcome to the club. If, if there's anybody that wants to beat up fans, it's AJ. So trust oh, me. You're in the- uh, trust me. I know. I know about it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, you, and, and AJ knows this. I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you. I like this part of wrestling. I want good wrestling. Like, I want great matches and I want to watch great athletes. But on my wrestling show, I also want to have fun and remember that this is silly and it is kind of ridiculous, everything that's going on. And so I'm good with all of this. How do you handle all of the nonsense that you get and remembering like, Hey dude, this is just part of we're, we're enter- I'm just trying to entertain. This is all part of a show. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's a good question for sure. It, it's just one of those things where, you know, you have to have thick skin in the wrestling business. If you don't have thick skin, it's probably not the right business to be in because everybody has an opinion, whether it's positive or negative. Everybody has some sort of view on everything you do at all times. And especially in a position like myself, it's, you know, I, I understand I'm very, very self-aware of, you know, my, my, my spots and, like, my background and all that. And I understand why people may not like me, despite not meeting me. Because they fucking, you know they're fucking jealous of you. That's why they, they don't Right. Like I mean, you could say it for me. I wasn't going to say it, but, yeah, you say it for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where I think everything is strived. I'm a good sport about it all. And honestly, I'm starting to twist it more into kind of the, the character and everything. And uh, use, you know, social media to my advantage and kind of, uh, you know, had that gray area where people don't really know if I'm just really, uh, if, I'm, if I'm nice and I'm a normal guy or if I'm just really an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a perfect segue into my first question. Frank the Clown, the wrestler, babyface yeah. or heel? Oh, I'm, I'm going to be the biggest heel you'll ever see. Yes! I mean, I think that makes. Hang on a second, though. Does that mean that Arquette is over as a face? Because hang on, that's why I asked. Th- this is fascinating to me, right? Like, if we're talking to the internet wrestling community, I would assume they would think of both of you as heels. Whereas, I think like an average wrestling fan would be like, "I kind of like Frank the Clown." And I, I like, you would think so. You would think that, but it's it's a weird dynamic. So, I mean, I, I mean, I've made my fair share of appearances as like a manager or as a personality across different internet shows in the country, and everywhere I go, I'm heel. And I, I prefer to be a heel, uh, an natural born heel, I think, to an extent. But it, it, it comes a lot easier and more natural for me because that's already built in. The crowd already has predetermined that they don't like me. So it's, it makes my job a lot easier. With that said, you would make a good point. Our cut should be a heel. Right. He an entire dub- he destroyed, Especially an entire at an independent wrestling show. Right. <laughs> he destroyed an entire, that was my, I was a WCW kid. That was my jam. I was strictly a WCW kid. I remember when he won the title. At the time, I was very young. I was nine, ten years old. So I didn't fully, I wasn't fully aware of the impact it was going to have and how it was going to really hurt WCW in the long run. But yeah, I wish I had WCW now. So I hate David Arquette. Right. <laughs> and I would think that a nerdy wrestling fan would hate David Arquette too, right? Like that would say, "F They're you, people. dude." Like, they, they don't. They don't know the left from right, up from down. They, they don't know anything. They. They. I should be the man that represents all the marks. I should be what they aspire to be. I should be what they want. And instead, they hate me for everything that I am. No, no, no. That's the thing. You are those things. And that's why they hate you, because wrestling fans don't like good things. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Also, and I know that he was a heel most recently, but James Ellsworth is awesome. Yes. Oh, yeah. And And he's going to be over as a face in this match, which is this whole thing is just <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's it's almost like you and Arquette should have been tag team partners. 
Right, right. And, I mean, you could have really spun it all different ways, realistically. We, we could have interchanged these partners all around, and it could have made sense one way or another. But this is the way it is, and actually the last Warrior Wrestling show, which is actually the debut show, I was the referee for the Hornswoggle in James Ellsworth match. That's pro wrestling right there. And Ellsworth, <laughs> yes, it is. Guy, you know, and I, and I was and I wasn't really calling it right down the middle. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I was calling it very much in favor of Mister uh, Mister Ellsworth. And then they both turned on me at the end. And, uh, I, was just, I was just trying <laughs> and, to be, you know. And then he became your tag team partner. I uh, love this. <laughs> <laughs> and now and now we're now we're bunched together. So uh, there's there's a dynamic there that we don't really see eye to eye. That'll that uh, you know will be interesting come Sunday. Oh man! All right, so it's Sunday in Chicago. What do people need to know if they're going out there this weekend? Uh, obviously, yeah. the reason everybody is going out, you know, well, yeah, I think it's just for you, right? Is they're just going out to see Frank? Um, yeah, that's it. There's the, no other show that's on Saturday. There's I'm, no other. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there are plenty of people that are going out for All In, and so if they're already in town, um, right. what do they need to know about coming out to see you guys on Sunday? So, I mean, it's a, it's a special weekend. I mean, I live in Chicago. It's in my backyard. It, it's, it's super cool to have everything wrestling kind of come here in my city and, and kind of be taken over for the weekend. So it's an exciting time. So you go to All In. I'll be at All In. I'm looking forward to it. But then the next day, Sunday, I know a lot of people might be flying home, but if they're not flying home, Sunday night, 730, it's in Chicago Heights, Illinois. It's at Marion Catholic High School. It's Warrior Wrestling. Uh, tickets are available online it's at warriorwrestling.net. They'll be available at the door. I know that it's going to be packed there. The first show drew fantastically. Um, I expect this show to be doing better. It's trending much better. And uh, I mean, the card is. I mean, even if I gotta, if I gotta put some other people over here, uh, <laughs> there's uh, the main event is what we call a war of attrition match. It's the first time ever match. Um, it's an eight-man match. It involves, I don't know if I've ever been off the top of my head, but it's got Rey Mysterio, it's got Pentagon, it's got Brian Cage, it's got Austin Aries, it's got Holy. Rick Swan, um, Jeff Cobb, Sammy Guevara, Phoenix. It's, it's, a, it's an insane match. It starts off with a four-on-four tag match. The teams are randomly chosen. Once that four on, Then there's a winner of the four-on-four tag. The winners will then break off into a two-on-two tag match, and whoever got the pinfall gets to choose their partner. Then, from the two-on-two tag match, the winners of that will then face each other one-on-one, and the winner will then become the first-ever Warrior Wrestling Champion. That's a dope little concept. And and if I was the one that uh, got the fall and got to pick my partner in the two-on-two match, I'm picking the easiest person to pick. Brian Cage is the the answer. (laughs) Brian Cage is the answer because he looks like a human tank. No, no, that's not the answer. That's not the answer. I don't want to face him one-on-one. Mm, oh, I, to win, I was going to say, I want to make sure that I guarantee my... I feel, like, I feel like I can handle that winning part by myself. I'm talking about the, the last match. Well, I don't so know, man. The last match, you got to win that second one. I'm with, I'm with Frank you on like- this. I got to have, have Brian Cage. I got to have him. I got to have him. By the way, <laughs> the rest of this card also includes, oh, you know, Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, DJ Z, Chelsea Green, Mia Yim, uh, Darby Allen. How about Chris Donis, Colt Cabana? Yeah, pretty decent little card on Sunday. I'm sure it's so awful that one of the matches might be a little bit of fun. Jesus right. Christ. WarriorWrestling.net in order to find out more. My. Hi, Colt Cabana. <laughs> Not bad. Um, hey, Frank the Clown is with us here on Jobbing Out. Frank, um, y- hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got, I got, I, this question has been bothering me for a little while, and I want to know. 
what you guys think about this. This is for both of you, honestly. But it's like New Japan just announced that they're going to, I guess, stream or show All In after All In goes up, like finishes. Uh, no, it's going to be on pay per view, and then they're going to you're going to be if you're on New Japan's like streaming service, you can watch it then. Oh, okay. So, I got what you're, saying. so you can. So, do you see with WWE doing these shows in Australia and Saudi Arabia and more to come? Mm-hmm. Do you see? Do you either one of you guys see New Japan? Uh, also, I guess the guys with All In actually becoming an international brand that can compete on that level. Huh. So that that that's an interesting question. I mean, can't you already say they're kind of already competing to an extent? I mean, they're they're already selling out bigger yep. shows. They are, uh, you know, they have a huge following here in the U.S. Now, they're not running here consistently, but they, when they do come over here, they're drawing very well. I mean, there's a lot of hype behind them, and they always deliver on their shows. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's an interesting, you know, question you raised there because I think they're, you know, they just sold out with ROH as well, Mad Square Garden. Right. Something that nobody would have ever thought could have happened a year ago, two years ago. So, I mean, they're... they're Six months ago, like... Yeah, okay. So here's my thought. They have to get one of them would have to get to a place where they can go back to being exclusive. Like the the cool thing for wrestling fans right now is that outside of WWE, anybody can work for anybody, right? Like you can work for Ring of Honor next week and then work for New Japan and then work you can work wherever you want to work essentially because they're all kind of accepting of where they are, which is for talent reasons, we we can't ask anybody to be exclusive. That's just not realistic. If they can get back to a place where they can have exclusivity, whoever it is, whether this is a Cody Rhodes-based company, whatever it is, if they can get to a point where they're successful enough that they can have exclusivity with their performers, you know, then I think we're talking about something. But in the meantime, I think it's going to be hard for any one of them individually to establish themselves as that type of competition because they're all kind of propping each other up, right? Like, we're, we're, you're wearing out... There's two different heavyweight titles that are being contested at all in. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. it's not like there's one company that's sort of establishing itself. It's sort of like all of the indies or all of the smaller companies have kind of, like, teamed up together to be something. And that's cool, and I dig it, and I like it as a wrestling fan. Like, I'm all in, no pun intended, <laughs> on, on that. Um, but I just don't know that any single one of them can establish themselves as an individual competitor without being exclusive to the talent they have. Because if if my, if my your sell is come out to see this person and you as a fan are saying, yeah, but I can see them next week at this other show if I miss this one, it's going to be tough for you to compete that way, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But yeah. Th- it makes me think about then what what do you say about like Kota Ibushi? No, he's a superstar. I mean, like, he's a no, rock. but I'm saying like you have guys from those companies that are coming to WWE for a little bit and then being gone. Well, you, yeah, that was a unique circumstance. You're right. That was unique. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just I don't think you can work concurrently for multiple companies. I, I think that would make it difficult to sell that that you're truly competition. It's a fascinating conversation. It's something we're going to be talking about. No and, doubt. And here's the interesting thought too. You know, WWE is now partnered up with a lot of UK promotions and they're running these different shows. Who's to say they never do a, uh, a partnership with New Japan where they can do a one-off big show on the network, something like that? You know, Triple H seems more open to, uh, you know, doing different sort of I things think, like that so, that are unique. So you guys I heard, I think for right? that to happen, unfortunately, Vince is going to have to die. And, and that probably is true because I don't know. It, right. The word is, did you guys hear Jericho talk about that on his podcast? No. 
So Jericho Jericho said that he had pitched for SummerSlam, and he didn't say the names, but it smelled an awful lot like he originally pitched it to Triple H. Triple H was good with it, and then Vince nixed it. But all he said was, I pitched it to somebody who was good with it, and then somebody else said no. But he pitched Intercontinental versus Intercontinental title at SummerSlam, him versus Seth Rollins. And the word was... Whoever he pitched it to first was all in again. Jesus Christ, I'm going to stop saying that. Um, <laughs> and then whoever he pitched, whoever the next step on the flagpole said no. So everyone's assuming that means Triple H said yes. Vince said no hell, no 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 chance in hell. Um, so it, clearly, yeah, I think you're right that, and I think that's a great point, Frank. That like Triple H is definitely the type that at some point might see the value in that and say, dude, if we go over there and do like a WWE New Japan show, there's a lot of money to be made in that market that we're not really making right now. Mm-hmm. So, hell yeah, let's do it, right? Um, yeah, and it's a one-off. You know, it could just be a one-off. And if it does, if it goes well and everyone's happy with it, then who knows what it develops into. But it just seems like there's a lot of money that's on the table there for the taking. No doubt. Hey, Frank, what's tell me about your relationship with the WWE because, like, you know, you show up at All In and you show up. Like, clearly, you're you're still in you know some good favor because we see you all the time. But like, right. what's what is your relationship like with them? And like, does anybody ever try to say to you like, hey, dude? Um, We'd rather you not be sitting in the front row at All In on Saturday night because, like, you know, we're not really rooting for them. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't anything like of that sort. Uh, it's really like I, I have experienced relationship with WWE. Uh, I've just had to show with them, uh, holy Foley on the network, and you know, they've taken care of me over the years. But at the same time, sometimes I feel like I get weird vibes from people from the company. Um, I don't know why. Um, I don't know maybe where they stem from. But I feel like sometimes it's hit or miss. So I, I can't say it's great, and I can't say it's bad. I would say probably it's somewhere in the middle. And honestly, maybe I'm just overthinking, and they probably don't give two craps about me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they have bigger fish to fry than a uh, good old little Frank the Clown. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I love going to the shows, and I'm super cool with a lot of the guys and girls that work there. And uh, there's a lot of good people there. And so I can't say anything bad about them because, in a weird way, without them, I probably wouldn't be wrestling Sunday. We'd be making cool appearances, have a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of different friends and all that. I wouldn't have met uh, my boy AJ over here if it wasn't for good old WWE, uh, you know, Facts. putting this up. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you consider that a positive thing, though. Oh, right? it's very positive. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because you, you said it. I wanted to ask you. I always find this fascinating. What When you saw me coming to your section, or tell me coming to your row, <laughs> as big as I am, what was the first thought that you had? Did you think I was a wrestler? Did you think I was just some big motherfucker that nobody like didn't know who I was? Like, what was the thought process that you had? That's a good question. I, I feel like I may have I, I don't recall exactly what my first my first thought process was, but if I had to guess, I would assume that oh shit, this is gonna be some drunk asshole. I'm gonna have to sit next to all night. That's gonna be uh, really rowdy and gonna like kind of sit there and be quiet. <laughs> that wasn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I was definitely. Hey, I it was, I spent an hour waiting for that damn uh, beer guy to come down the aisle the whole time. That's really. I was funny. so mad. I was like, "Where the hell is the beer guy?" <laughs> you they would, just, they should they should have hired one beer guy to literally just sit in our row and then just not move the whole night. He, he would have made so much money if he money. didn't leave. Yeah, Frank. Okay. <laughs> Is is there ever a show, Frank, where you like see the card and you're like, dude, I might just kind of want to skip this one. Like, I, you know, no offense, I know you're a fan, and I know it's sort of part of who you yeah. are, but like, do you ever have a moment where you say like, I don't know, like, 
maybe I don't need to go to over the limit. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, a lot of things have changed because back I was going a lot more often around like 2011, 2012, 2013. Like, Punk was my guy. That was my number one guy. Still is. And, you know, so I got to see his whole run and his rise to the top really right before my eyes. So a lot of those shows back then meant a lot to me just personally. And now looking, and now I don't, you know, I have connections with different guys in the roster, but nothing like I have with Punk, and I'm not as invested in a lot of the guys as I was with, you know, Punk or whoever else. I know I'm a big John Cena guy, um, and, you know, he's not around as much anymore and stuff like that. So there's, I mean, there's times definitely where, you know, I used to go to a lot of house shows, a lot of live events. I used to love live events. It was just more interactive. Uh, there wasn't really time constraints. It was more relaxed. It wasn't like TV and it was being rushed and rushed. And now, like, you know, Cena doesn't do house shows and a lot of these big stars don't do house shows. And I'm like, uh, I see it come like, you know, I would normally go to a house show in like Springfield, Illinois. It's like two hours south for me. If it was there five years ago, oh, I'm in. I wouldn't even yeah. think twice about it. Yeah. And now I'm like, uh, do I really want to go? And, you know, I might ask, yeah, I probably will skip it. But for still like big shows like SummerSlam, Royal Rumbles and stuff, like, that's, that's, that's enough of a draw for me to go because, you know, they're, they're bigger events. But for other ones like that, no, I definitely, uh, you know, I'll think twice about it. Obviously, everybody... Oh, go ahead, AJ. I was going to say, you earlier you mentioned Holy Foley, and obviously you're on that show because you are dating Noel and you guys are cool. Like, it was dope hanging out with you guys every day. But, like, I noticed with you and Noel the same situation that happens with me and, like, mojo when i go out places with him right where like everybody wants to take pictures with the person that you're with and every once in a while somebody's like yeah come on jump in the picture that'll be cool but like to me i love that shit because i hate taking pictures with people all the goddamn time right (laughs) you know i I love when i go places with mojo and nobody gives a damn about who i am but like when that's your lady like is that like how do you handle of those situations when it's like like you say drunk assholes that don't understand that they might be crossing the line right you know i i luckily i haven't had many bad run-ins uh people are you know people can be super awkward people can be like nervous or scared and that's fine yeah it shows but it's, it's all right i haven't had anybody i maybe i think of a couple instances that like you know people maybe overstep their boundaries a little bit and like maybe you're just like a little too forward or a little too handsy or something like that but, you know, I, like I said, I'm pretty thick-skinned. I'm, I'm very, very secure in everything, and um, I handle pretty much everything in stride. So, yeah, I don't, I don't mind, like, taking the photos and all that because, like, a lot of times I'll just be sta- I'm the only other person standing there. So they're like, hey, do you take the photo? I think you yeah. realize, like, I'm her boyfriend or whatever it is. It's pretty I, funny. I'm never going to say no. Like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And, uh, you know, sometimes it could be, like, especially for her, she gets overwhelmed sometimes, especially, like, at a big show like that or, like, a WrestleMania-sized yeah. like, event. Because then, like, you feel like if you do it for one, you feel like you got to do it for everyone. And then it exactly. just never stops. And, like, you feel bad because then, like, you know, you, if you leave, you might leave, like, a family out or a kid out. You don't even realize it. And then they're disappointed. And they remember that. And it's, it's a weird thing. So she And then they try really, to blast really, you on Twitter, like, right. fuck you, bro. I literally right. Right. spent two hours. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And, and then literally, and that's all it takes is one person to be like, you know, Frank or Noel, they, they blew us off. And it's like, well, no. We just we had to either go, or she didn't see it, or she didn't see you, or we we're in a hurry, or there's 
all kinds or of I'm just a fucking grown ass adult that doesn't have to do right. what you want when <laughs> I fucking, you fucking want me to. Or, or seriously, what is up with your life if what you're really angry about is that you didn't get your picture with Frank and Noel? Like seriously, right. like what is going on if that has wrecked your day? Like you got to maybe like just get your life together a little bit. Would be not, not, to, not to mention, it's not like you don't know that they're going to be at fucking WrestleMania, right? Right. Every, SummerSlam no, no. again next no, year, no. And the Royal no. Rumble. Uh, you'll have more than uh, enough opportunities. Um, right. And if they want to flash a $20 bill, I'd be more than happy to take a photo. <laughs> and oh, yeah, for right. sure. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Just, right. You're doing plenty of appearances now, right? Absolutely. Like, hey, come out <laughs> come out and see me on hey. Sunday in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, hey, you got to pay to play. You know no what I'm doubt, saying? Man. I hear you. <laughs> All right, Frank, let's get the plugs in. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Sunday, war, warriorwrestling.net um, is how you find out more and get your tickets. I know it's at FrankWWEClown on Twitter. What else can we get in for you, plugs wise? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty straight across the board. The same name, the Twitter and Instagram, and all that. Uh, and I have a Facebook page. I don't really use it, but yeah, mostly you know on Twitter, and that's kind of where I've been having my uh, my Twitter wars with David Arquette. Yeah, the guy, I can't. The guy won't stop tweeting me. I mean, every time I pick up my phone, it's like new mention for David Arquette. I'm like, Davy boy, like, I mean, I know you're not filming any movies anymore because nobody wants to book you. But geez, I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of great demand. I can't. Forth with you all day, brother. By the way, I, w- I want you to think about that. Think about 15 years ago, somebody telling you, by the way, <laughs> there's going to be a time in your life where David Arquette won't leave you alone. He won't <laughs> leave me alone. Right. I, I, I mean, it's, it's honestly true. Right. Like this morning, I, I saw him. He, he tweeted something about choke slamming me. Like uh, like Izzy got choke slammed. Yeah. 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 That he's going to choke slam me. And I told him, and that was a great tweet. I was like, man, that's a good tweet. I'm like, that's, that's the best content you've produced since the, the Buffett's Christmas movie in 2002. I saw that. That was great. That was great. That was a really good one, dude. That was really, really good. It, it's true. <laughs> this is speaking the truth. I'm the purveyor of truth. Hey, uh, uh, Frank, seriously, dude, uh, continued success to you, man, as you uh, go into this world. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with you. I have no doubt that we'd like to do it again in the future, man, and just, just yeah, hang out to. and talk shop. But uh, appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hey, appreciate you guys having me. Hey, Digger, the man. Thank you guys so much. Good stuff. That was fun, man. Uh, I know a lot, yeah, of people, a lot of people hate that guy, like. You know, they hate him because they're not dating Noel Foley. Well, yeah, that that has a lot to do with it. There's no question. And they're about not that. friends with CM Punk. Right, correct. And they can't, you know, afford. They don't like, you know, they're jealous. You're right. It's jealousy. And I they just, can't go to WrestleMania and right. Royal Rumble and SummerSlam. I just can't imagine being that worked up about it. Like seriously, they hate us because they ain't us. I've heard that somewhere before. I've heard that somewhere. All right, I know you got to go because you got another game to play uh, before the season begins, um, and so we will let you take care of that. Uh, why don't you get your plugs in, man? Hey, what's up? It's uh, your boy, AJ. Uh, you can follow me on all social media at AJFrancis410, um, Twitter and Instagram. I got a new song called New King coming out on Friday. It's a lot of anticipation about that. Um, it'll be available on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Tidal, um, just go to my social medias, either Twitter or Instagram. Once again, that's AJ Francis 410 and uh, click the bio link and you'll be able to find everything there. Absolutely, dude. All right. Um, may the next time we talk to you be you getting ready for week one, my friend. Have a uh, great weekend. We'll talk to you then. All right. All right, brother. Appreciate you. We still have a lot to do. Aaron's going to join me. Still to come. Uh, Timmy Baltimore, Jacob Casper. A lot to do on this week's episode. I'm Glenn uh, and he is the main event. Vent, 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 vent.
Any more? <laughs> yeah, I knew it. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. Pressbox's Project Game Day is back at halftime and post-game for every Baltimore football game. You can react live with us on Pressbox's Facebook page. Glenn Clark hosts at halftime, and he's joined by the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard post-game. Project Game Day is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Catch all of the action at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, where they have tons of TVs to catch every moment of every game. Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Pressbox's Project Game Day. Facebook.com slash Sports. Yeah, a little new music for our boy Mojo Raleigh, the great Dean Mutati. little love for that. It is Jobbing Out, segment number two. Glenn Clark, let's tag out the main event and tag in Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. How you doing, bud? I'm good. Look, I, I like the new music. or It's it's fine. It's not the best new music. Wait, wait, but the wait, one I thing actually with the new music came a new outfit and no Maryland stripe on it anymore. Okay, well, yeah, I have a problem with that. I hear you, but I actually think the music's really good. I actually think the song is really good, so I'm I, I'm I'm down with that. But I hear you. Um, it's a bummer to lose the Maryland strike, but that makes some babyface because everybody. Well, never mind. No, never no. mind. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Don't actually. Uh, you know what? Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> let's not do that. All right. Um, so uh, we we covered a few things in segment number one, and obviously really enjoyed our conversation with Frank the Clown. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in this segment, we're going to chat with uh, Jacob Casper, the uh, former Duke All-American wrestler who is now uh, looking to make his way into the WWE. Just had a uh, tryout down at the Performance Center in Orlando, so we'll chat with him coming up here in segment number two. Before we do that, I'm going to get your thoughts, uh, dangerously so. I'm sure that you saw that uh, our listeners had a field day with you last week. I, I did see that. Yes. I did see that. Uh, not and as much as they had a field day with my own uh, uh, bodily issues. <laughs> but um, uh, but but both were hot topics. Um, I, look, I think it's a weird spot, and and AJ and I talked about this a little bit. I'm all for making Braun Strowman a heel. I think it's a great idea to make him a heel. I think that it would be incredible to have a you know a really strong monster heel, and he's Braun Strowman, and he should be a heel. But the issue that I have is that you're conflicting two things. You're doing what the face would do, which is cash in, announce that you're cashing in, set up right. a fair fight, right. and then you're having him do what a heel would do by turning on Roman and aligning himself well, with two other well, heels. Did, did you see the tweet WWE put out? Yeah, I saw your right reaction after. to it, yeah. Like, the way they framed that was how you would frame a face doing it. Right, but I don't, you know, who no, knows? No, no, and, and I know that, and that's and I very clearly said that was a heel move um, because it was a three-on-one beatdown, so it was a heel move, and... Uh, that framing it this way is really weird because it, it seemed much more heelish than that. But it was just it was interesting the way with, that they with, you know, said, and chose somebody to could, put that. Look, somebody could sit back. That's one guy who's sending out a tweet, and who knows? You know what I mean? Like I, right. I, I no, don't like, know. I, that I don't tweet. take much of it. I just right. think that it was it was funny, and it, and it kind of shows the way that there is some gray area in this, at least. Like you said, he positioned himself as a face at the beginning of of the night. Right. He should have kept the briefcase. They're setting up this match. This isn't, by the way, a one-time thing. I, I saw some people speculating, well, maybe this is a one-time thing. He saw a, a, a chance to take advantage of Roman there, and he did it. But no, they've set up the six-man tag match for Super Showdown in October. 
Uh, so all, right. this isn't going to be a one-time thing. All correct. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know if the plan is that you know they wanted to treat the end, the, the main event, as the moment where Braun Strowman turned heel, right? Like that he was a face until that moment, and now he's turned heel and he's a heel moving forward. But if you're if we're talking about trying to get Roman over as a baby face, he's got to be a lot more heelish than that. And as yes. I pointed out, the other part of what happened was, you know, there's also the argument that what he did is just smart. And they kind of alluded to that in the broadcast. Even the odds. Right. Like, look, dude, I got to face you. And I, I want to win the title. And, and I got to face your boys, too. Right. Even you know though it's I mean? Hell in a Cell, we know what happens in Hell in a Cell. Right. But, and I get that AJ's argument about you know, AJ's argument about how he set it up was, look, this is the only way that I can cash in because I've got to make sure I get it in a Hell in a Cell match. And that's... Fine to some extent, but it's sort of anti but, what we've known of Braun. But here's the thing: he doesn't need to now because he has a way to neutralize the other two. He could cash in at any time, right? Because he's got two. He's got two boys with him now, right? Well, yes. I mean, I guess we haven't set up yet that they're definitely with him as much as they were just, you know, on his side for the moment. Right. Um, but yeah, I hear you. I mean, like I'm, I, I hear you, and I think it's, it, it's lousy psychology, is what. Yeah, it is. I think it lacks continuity. Is the other issue that I have with it, right? Like that, it's it, you're, it's sort of like you're walking, and as you bring up gray areas, a fine way to describe it. You're you're kind of straddling the fence, and I don't think that helps Roman in the process at all. If that's part of what you're trying to do, and maybe the answer is. If what you're trying to do is is continue to position Roman as a strong face, maybe it was a bad idea to have Braun be the first guy. Maybe Braun needed to turn heel before he got into a program with Roman, right? Like, maybe you needed to have Roman work with somebody else. I don't know, say Kevin Owens for a couple of months. We'll get to him. Um, <laughs> but I, I just don't know if this ended up working. Um, here's, here's the funny thing. To, here's, the, here's the worst thing about it. I think you can make arguments whether it was good, whether it was bad, what, you know, in the moment, whether that was the right decision. But what you've done is you did a really good job as posi- at positioning Braun as a top face over the past six months to a year. Right. You did an excellent and job. And never really did anything with it. And you threw that – I mean, look what they did with Kevin Owens. Like, the whole purpose of making Kevin Owens look kind of like an idiot was to position Braun as a top face. Yeah, it's true. All You're that doing that true. for nothing? Yeah. No, it's a, good, it's, a good, it's a good point. Good point. And that's why it's all very, very weird. Um, all right, uh, so we bring up Kevin Owens, and AJ and I both kind of came away with the same concept, which is we don't really know where they're going with this, and that's okay. I'm okay to not know where you're going. In fact, I, I kind of like not knowing exactly where you're going. Of course, that comes with the flip side, which is the fear that they don't know where they're going well, yeah. with it, and all too often that ends up being the case. Um, there's a bunch of different... A lot of people have alluded to the idea that maybe they want dumb people to think that he's going to show up at All In on Saturday, and they're trying to position the date to, to line up with that. Um, you know, people say he's going to go to SmackDown. I, I just though so I, I don't know why they would want that unless he's actually going to be there. Like, there's no reason for WWE to want more eyes on All In. Um, I no, I don't think it'd be about getting more eyes, and I they certainly wouldn't want it if he's actually going to be there. Well, um, I mean, but but that's my point is that like. Why would I, they I, want th- to they associate would, him with All In if he's not I actually going to be there? Essentially, they would just be tr- they would essentially be trying to get a rub off of All In, right? Like they would be using it to try to have okay. people talking about their guy 
Gotcha. Right, like as in maybe Kevin Owens is going to show up or Kevin Steen, I guess. Maybe right. Kevin Steen's going to show up at All In when they know damn well he's not. And now, if they were going to do that, they probably should have sent out like another cryptic tweet this week or something like that. I know they've moved where him. where where's Kevin Owens going to be right. now that he quit? Yes, right. Like I know that they moved him to the alumni section of the the. Did page. they? I, I missed that. Uh, some, actually, I, I just saw that on Twitter not that long ago, which is pretty good. Um, but. You know, like I just, I, I am, I'm, I'm in agreement. Look, the dude is clearly not showing up at all. In like that's not happening. Right. And now, B, by the way, would it be a bad idea if they planted him in the crowd? Yeah, I mean, we talked about that with Daniel Bryan a little bit. The more right. I thought about it, it's absurd. Like they're, they're, they're just. It's not, not going. It's not going to happen. I don't know if it would be a bad idea. Yeah, though. but it's just there's no world in which it makes sense for them to allow their guys to even show up and 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 help support. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. I I like it. The nerdy wrestling fan in me likes it. Right. But they, as much as it's not really competition, they kind of have to treat no, it. No, like it, it is, is competition. Here's, I mean. He, Here's where you would do it. You wouldn't advertise it at all. You would plant him in the crowd. You would, you right, know, I'm like sure you could talk media, to someone to yeah. just show him in the crowd real quick so you would get the buzz off of it without giving them help. Right. But, right. like, yes, but it's not going to happen because they wouldn't risk anything like that. Correct. It's not going to happen. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing with it. And again, I'm okay with not knowing as long as they do. And that's the part that I just. I struggle with. My gut tells me they don't know what they're doing, and this was just something they came up with on the fly, and they'll figure it out down the road. That's just there my... is there is one interesting aspect that I I noticed immediately. I know I saw other people on Twitter say it as well. They made a very big deal of leaving that money in the bank briefcase on the desk. They made a very big deal of of Baron Corbin taking the call from Stephanie about Kevin Owens. Sometimes Chekhov's gun is in play here. If they're going to create something where, oh, crap, Baron Corbin's like, crap, my first thing as general manager was that I lost one of my biggest superstars. How can I get him back? He wants the briefcase. I wonder if they might go that route, which would be kind of awesome. I mean, what it – I don't know. I kind of feel like that cheapens the briefcase, man. I, I don't know that I would agree that that would be awesome, right? Like, I just like the idea of Kevin Owens with the briefcase. I like the I idea of Kevin Owens with the briefcase, but it's not just like – I'd have no problem if you hadn't already done a briefcase match with the briefcase, you know, even after it was presented by, um, you know, uh, even after Braun quote-unquote cashed it in. You going back and saying, well, he never actually cashed it in. We were going to give him the title match anyway. And so now he's just sort of forfeited the briefcase. We have to have another match. But you've already done a briefcase match. Like, I, at some point... The briefcase is supposed to be super special and not just something, not just essentially a, another belt. Um, I, I'm opposed. I'm opposed to doing anything else with the briefcase. I would prefer that this be the end for the briefcase until Money in the Bank next year. Yeah, I mean, my only thing, I, I miss the briefcase. Like, we, we've gotten so many quick cash-ins, so many weird, like, we haven't gotten a, a nice, long, extended, then surprise come out since well god no i mean the we got it with carmella really well yeah okay uh, men's side i meant men's side no. you're right with carmella we did get a good run with that yeah i mean i don't i don't know i mean sure that's true to some extent but the briefcase is supposed to be like that dude like i, I don't know i just i don't want i don't want to cheapen money in the bank has become super important because that's that that's it 
it it's not something that everybody can get a piece of. It's not something that can change on a on a whim. It happens. It matters. It's really important, and I just kind of don't want to mess with that personally. So I I don't know. I hear you, but I I hope that's not the direction that they're going. Myself. Um. Uh, the we we also discussed the Charlotte Becky situation and what a shit show they have on their hands in in what they're trying to do there. <laughs> um. Look, I, 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 I have no idea what you can do at this point. I, I, I just think that you have to sort of recognize what's happening, and I don't think you can pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm sure they're going to attempt to have Becky go out on uh, next week and run down the crowd again and try to do something to piss off the fans, but I don't know that anything is going to work. I think that fans have decided they're behind Becky. That's the way that it is, and it's going to be up to WWE whether or not they're willing to work with that. I guess here's the question. Are, are they not already doing that? I feel like this week, yeah, she... Uh, I feel like we have to kind of stop regarding a, a post-match attack on either side as, as a heel move. Because we're seeing it from faces and we're seeing it from heels. Um, I don't necessarily think that they viewed what they did this week as necessarily a heel move. Now, obviously, it wasn't a pure face move. But I think that they might just be saying, look... We're not presenting a, a heel and a face in this scenario. Yeah, we are presenting I, Becky. We are presenting Charlotte. You pick who you want to cheer I for. I don't. I don't think that's that. I really don't. Now, it might be that they're leaving it open for that, but I disagree with you that you can't a post match attack. Now, I did allude to the idea that it's very similar to the 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 Braun situation where yeah, you can uh, well, say, I mean, we, we hey, had look. Brie Bella come out and attack Miz unprovoked, basically. No, well, that's not unprovoked at all. That's been there's been an issue, you know. Provoked. Okay, but, but there's an issue between Becky and Charlotte. If, but, if that's if it's because you just have to establish but, there's an but, issue between but, them. No, no, no. There's no, no. an it's issue between just, Becky and Charlotte. It's not just an issue. It's an issue that was instigated by the other side, right? Like it's been very clear that the Miz and Maurice have instigated the issues on that side, right? Like they've established that very clearly. Well, I mean, Becky Becky is presenting the argument that Charlotte instigated. This. But that's not a reasonable argument it's not a reasonable argument that charlotte instigated the problems now you again it doesn't mean that she doesn't have a compelling story or a compelling case and that's part of the reason why it's easy to get behind her but there's no world in which you can present that charlotte did something wrong and and that is that's the i don't know i just i i don't see what i like if they wanted to turn becky heel like she should be doing a lot more it doesn't feel to me like they're really trying to turn Becky well, heel. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, they tur- they turned her heel. They did. They had her attack Charlotte Flair, who but, was the biggest but, face. But attacking in... a less popular superstar as a face does not make you a heel. She wasn't at the moment. At the moment when she no, did No, at it, the moment, Be- Becky is more popular. There is no but, moment no, 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 in the past no, no, few no. months where... No, no, Becky was not as popular. Charlotte Flair... As of ten, two weeks ago, we just talked about this with AJ. As of two weeks ago, Charlotte Flair was the queen of the women's division. She was she absolutely one hundred percent. But she wasn't as popular. No, she was by far more popular. If you think there's that, a wait, world, who is more of a face? Who did you, who did you have more sympathy towards? Who would if if I told you it's a face versus face? You're Becky asking the wrong Charlotte, person. I like Becky more, but you're asking everyone the wrong person. I, I, Charlotte well, sold does. way. No, you're you're so way off on this. Charlotte sold way more gear. Charlotte oh, yes, was yes, yes. by I, far saying, more popular. Saying, if you put those two in the match two weeks ago before they, they attacked, who was the crowd behind? Both of Most them. Likely. Both of them equally. They liked both of them a great deal. They were both... But I think you put them in a feud with each other. Who are they getting behind? I in, in Until two weeks ago, I don't know. I think everything turned when it looked like Becky was finally getting her moment and then that was taken away. That was the moment when everybody got behind Becky. Becky was liked and popular. She went from that to... 
uh-uh, this is the girl that we're getting behind. The moment that it looked like we were finally getting Becky having her moment at SummerSlam, and then a week later it was taken away. Oh, okay, that, okay, yeah, if you're if you're saying like a month, yes, okay, I, I thought you were saying, okay, I got, I got you in, Until that week, this was not nuclear popularity for Becky Lynch. It was, we like her, we've always liked Becky, right? Like, we're inclined to like Becky, everybody likes Becky. But, you know, we just sort of like her, and it's nice, and the whole thing. We really like the idea of Becky Lynch getting a one-on-one championship match with Carmella, who we yes. despised, at SummerSlam. And so in that moment, she became really, really popular. Okay. But until yes. then, she was just sort of second fiddle to Charlotte. And in the WWE's minds, I'm sure, when this all went down, Charlotte was still going to be Charlotte Flair, who was insanely popular, was the star of the women's division, at least on SmackDown, right? Like, right. that was how this all yes. painted Yes, you're talking itself. beginning of August, yes. Right. Yes. And then because of the way they positioned it, one, it's easy for me to go back and say, Becky should have never been in that match. It was a terrible idea. Yes. Charlotte yes. should have faced Carmella at We SummerSlam. said that the moment Charlotte got involved. Right, correct. And so they've, they've screwed. I get it. Once you knew that you had Charlotte and she was available, you clearly were going to put her in a SummerSlam match. You weren't going to leave Charlotte Flair out of SummerSlam. Well, then you should have left Becky out. And you should have had yes. Becky attack Charlotte afterwards. And that might have helped a little bit more. If well, the- you, what you should have had is you should have had... You know, the the biggest thing for Braun as far as, like, this is clearly a, a heel turn is that he's joining Dolph and Drew. Right. You have Carmella – or you have Becky help Carmella win the title. That's a heel move. Um. Yeah, that would have been. Yep, you're right. That would have been, been a heel move. Or, I, you know, the other thing, too, and I'll say this, I just don't – I don't think you should have had Charlotte win. I again, part of the reason why we're embracing Becky is because we like someone who's chasing. And if Becky had done something super shitty to win the title, right? Like if she had and AJ argues that if at that point if you had had her hit Charlotte with a kendo stick, the crowd would have been so fervent that they would have yelled for her to do it again. And he might be right about that. Yeah, oh, I, it, and I think I think you had to have her do something shitty. You had to have her pilmanize Charlotte. You had to have her like legitimately go out for blood. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that would have been... I don't know, though. At that point, what... Once... I, I think I think even if you're behind somebody, if it's a, okay, they're I, very clearly right. doing something shitty, not fighting somebody... I hear you. Yes. I don't know. It's just tough, though, because, again, I think it all comes back to the moment where you you told a bad story. The story that you told was the most embraceable story we could ever ask for. The ultimate underdog was getting her opportunity to win the championship over a de- person we despised at SummerSlam. We were so in love with that. We were so thrilled for that to be the match. That was so cool that it was going to happen that way. And then one week later, it doesn't matter that we like Charlotte. The problem was you pulled it out from underneath us. You right. gave us the thing we wanted, and then you said, nah, we're going to take it right back. And in your mind, you were giving us more of what we wanted, right? Like, we like Charlotte Flair, so wouldn't this be just great to have all three of them? But the problem was that's not what we wanted. And so, and the problem was you were positioning it to eventually get down to you have to choose between the two. Right, right. And that's at that point, once you got to that situation, we decided who we were going to choose. It was just the way it was. Yeah. All right, uh, two other things sort of non-WWE before we get to Jacob Casper. Um, well, I can guess I can we'll... I just I, I want to bring one more thing storyline wise first, yeah. just real quickly. Uh-huh. Um, the Miz and Daniel Bryan, obviously the feud still continuing. Did you see they added that to Super Showdown as a number one contender match? 
the Miz versus Daniel Bryan for the number one contender. No, I did not yes. see that. Okay, interesting. That's happening, and that's interesting because I think that has a big factor on Hell in a Cell. Um, and just the title picture. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does. Although, you know, I don't know. I think it can go either way. Oh, like, I mean, it could go either way, but I mean, it's setting, it's telling you that, you know, this feud is ending at hell. Oh, uh, you know, by Super Showdown. Well, it's that it's AJ ending. Styles, it's ending for now. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's, right, right, right. It's it, it, you can go down, but you're seeing. I I guess that's for Survivor Series, though. I guess we don't know for sure. There is like a six or seven week gap. Right. Between a Super also, Showdown and Survivor Series. We also don't know that there's going to be a title match at Survivor Series. They could just decide to do the, you know, the 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 the, the champion versus champion thing. Um, so it might not be that it, it, it might be that the match isn't until December at that point. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I do like the only thing I like about that is that I, it was starting to go the weird house show route for Super Showdown, right? Like they can try to sell me on Undertaker Triple H all they want. I don't give a shit. I'm not. I'm yeah. Sh- by the way, the them doing multiple segments for that, it's like it's, uh, it's bad. It's, it's awful. Yeah, it's bad. it's awful. Um, I'm not gonna give a shit. You can't make me give a shit. It's nothing. Um, the other matches that you were starting to make, you're like, okay, so it's basically the same thing that we thought the Saudi Arabia. It's a glorified house show. That actually matters. That you know, having a number one contender match between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. That's a really big deal. Um, I'm glad they're doing that because it 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 ele- it alleviates my concern that it was just going to be a house show, um, and so I'm 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 happy with that. I think that's a good thing. I hope there's still more coming that actually feels like it matters a little bit and not just weird tag team matches for the sake of doing them because that's not um, that's not worthy of a sixty thousand person seat venue and trying to sell this as a major event. And that's the problem that they had with the the Greatest Royal Rumble, is that it was not the Greatest Royal Rumble. It was just a battle royal. That's all it was. Yep. And and this is the danger of of how you treat these events. You want you want to sell them as being big because you're getting a lot of money to do them. We actually probably should talk about was it them going back yeah, in November? Yeah, and it was it's been I know a couple of people have juxtaposed it against the fact that um, the Saudi Arabian government is is preparing ex- yeah. preparing to execute a um, female activist and yeah you know it's something, mean, the WWE is gonna have to answer questions about that they're gonna have it, to it's Somebody like what I yeah what I what I said after the first one was that it it was fine I thought the only part that was uncomfortable was when they went I at least in my mind a little overboard in praising the government specifically yeah, and, and the, the figureheads right. right yeah like when when you turn it when you Go hand in hand. It's not like you're just going there and going there. You're going there and you're praising the government. Well, and they're doing that because they're getting a boatload of money. I mean, like, oh, of course, that's, that's I, the I know why they're right. doing it. Right. But when you when you tie yourself to the government directly by your statements, yeah, you then are connected to the government. At some point, the performers might have to say something. You know what I mean? And I don't know how that is because they they pulled one off and the you know without the females and. Everybody was okay with it. Nobody really said anything, and even people that like have left the company since then still haven't really said anything about it. So every, I guess it was okay. But at some point, at some point, if the WWE is not going to answer tough questions because they're too kind of friendly right now with every media outlet, and there is something to be said for that, right? Like there is, they have because media outlets don't really have to cover them like they're a sport. It's created a very friendly relationship between a lot of media outlets and the WWE. Um, but at some point, 
they're either going to have to answer tough questions about it or some reporter is going to have to start going directly to performers and saying, well, you're going to have to answer the tough questions instead because that's how we can get WWE to start recognizing it and being willing to answer tough questions about this. Look, I mean, they they can make a decision about what they want to decide. I, I just, it's, it is really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Um, all right, quickly, a couple other notes uh, from the world of pro wrestling. So you, you are you under the assumption that Neville is showing up on Saturday? I see. I, we just don't know if he has that 90-day comp- non-compete clause or not. We know he's out of his contract. We know he was moved to the alumni section. We know, you know, he's he's done with WWE. The question is, does he have the non-compete clause now? Uh, I think it's crazy not to have him if you can have him. I think, and if I'm Ring of Honor, I'm asking him to win that battle royal. I'm I'm, I'm requesting that. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I, I know actually, I know you want the the Jordan Grace. It's thing, not just that. I, it's I not just, just that. that it's not just that. I just don't know that I love that being what you're doing. I I. I, this is the Austin Aries thing for me. I don't love somebody showing up and immediately you trying to say, well, they're more important than anybody that's been here for a while. I don't, I don't, I don't really like that. Like, you know, but, you, but there's no be a while. I'm not saying that he, I mean, I don't think he's going to sign with ring of honor. I just, I want the, if I'm ring of honor, I want that match to feel really important. And outside of, you know, having Jordan grace win, which I'm all for, I just don't believe they'll do that. That's the biggest thing you can do. Like if you have, Punishment Martinez win the Battle Royal. No one's talking about the Ring of Honor side after All In. You have Pac win it. Well, I mean, I I guess it depends. Do you have Punishment Martinez win the belt? Because if you do, a lot of people are talking about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't don't believe Jay Lethal is dropping the belt at All In. Yeah, I mean, if if he's not, then... Then, then yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I... I would have. I, there's still some unawkward, unanswered questions about Jay Lethal too. By the way, um, I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I, I, like for example, why would it be a problem for Moose to win the battle royal? Uh, I don't think there would be a problem. I think they would hesitate on that. Because then you're having just the relationships between the companies, and I know that it, a lot of it is. You know the the walls are starting to come down, but I still don't think they want an impact superstar necessarily to win it. A a a one hundred percent impact. It's one thing if there's you know one of the AAA guys who who work for Impact here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I just my hunch. This is just purely my hunch. I, I obviously I don't have really any uh background. Okay, my guess is they don't want that. Okay, but they've also agreed to do this, and I assume that like. They've agreed to the performers that are a part of this thing, and you know the whole deal, right? Like, I, right. But they probably also have to agree to the winner. Oh, I understand that, but I don't know, man. I, I, I think that in a way, it's sort of throwing out the rules a little bit, and I, I, I think that it almost creates a more interesting scenario. I think if you're a wrestling fan and you find out that Moose wins the Battle Royal, and all of a sudden you're like, "Holy shit! Could a could an Impact guy actually win the Ring of Honor title?" I think that you get a little bit of juice out of that. I, I think that creates a good moment, particularly if you've decided that you don't think there's any way that Jay Lethal's dropping the belt that night. Okay, well then, who cares? Right. Who cares that you had Moose compete for the Ring of Honor title? Also, by the way, Moose was in your company for a while. Yes. 
Like, you know, Moose did a lot of good things in your company. Like, you can kind of paint that story as being really interesting, that for all these years he never did this. Could he now do it? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's an interesting story that you could paint. In, I, I think you could paint. Hours. I think you could also paint it with a non-affiliated guy. Yeah, and I I just, then you, you can create almost not necessarily a better story, but the, oh, my God, could this guy win and is this guy joining Ray of Honor? I don't know. I, I I don't love it. I I hear you. I don't know. It almost smells too obvious for me, right? Like, it, you you can't catch anyone off guard if you do that because like we all know that that Neville is a free agent, and you know, I, I, I it almost kind of takes the sting. It just feels obvious at this point, right? Like, I'm I'm for having a minute. I'm for you know having him show up, but I'm not really for him winning. That's just where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, either way. I'm I'm just glad he's free. Like yeah, I hear you. it's 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 a bummer the fact that we've lost a has it been more of a more than a year, a yeah, year, whatever yeah, it roughly, is right, of roughly. his career. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, oh. it sucks. I guess it's a little bit more than a year. Yeah. All yeah. right. Um. Uh. Real quick, I just want to touch on um. Uh, Izzy. So this is we uh, and Frank the Clown brought her up. So Izzy, of course, is the Bailey super fan. Who? How old is Izzy? Eleven. Eleven. And Izzy, you know, kind of gained prominence when she was ringside at NXT and was kind of incorporated into the the Sasha Bailey feud. Um, And Izzy apparently wants to be a pro wrestler. Okay, cool. You know, a lot of kids want to do a lot of things. And has been training to be a pro wrestler. And a promotion, and what's the name of the promotion I've already... I apologize. I don't. Know uh, I I don't know. I'm pretty. It's. I I don't know the promotion. I know she was training with. Well, and this is one of the awkward no, things. No, and like training that, with Ch- Chase and Rance. Yeah, which but is, that that ended, and you know, like once once it was realized by people what was going on, that that's not been the case for some time. Okay. Um, but but yes, it's part of the 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 weird part of the story is that the Chase and Rance who we talked about before, um, who is a, a, a convicted uh, sex offender. Um. Yes. Apparently, at one point, was training Izzy, and that's not acceptable. Um. But not not been the case, and apparently hasn't been the case for some time. That apparently was discovered fairly quickly and ended. The point is, Izzy, who was 11 years old, was given a chance to work for an indie promotion, and won a championship match, and a match in which she like actually took bumps, mm-hmm. and like actually worked despite being 11 years old and the internet is very very opinionated about this um i'm obviously uncomfortable with it right like how could you not be uncomfortable how could you ever be comfortable with the idea of an 11 year old girl working a professional wrestling match right like period like like, i i think i mean you can argue otherwise but to me that's it like, I don't know that that's it. You know, an eleven-year-old like, shouldn't be taking bumps. Period. I, in my mind, right now, again, arguments have been made that well, eleven-year-olds are allowed to play football, and eleven-year-olds are allowed to play other sports. Right? Like, if you're eleven years old and you're an actor, you're allowed to be an actor, and you're allowed to be on the set when weird things happen. Right? Like, kids have been in movies that probably aren't kid movies, um, and 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 these are. These aren't absurd arguments. They're relevant arguments to what should happen in this situation. It's just never something that we've dealt with in pro wrestling. Um, I I don't know what the answer is. It's easy for me to say, well, if you're an 11-year-old and you want to be involved in wrestling, 
you should only be doing wrestling with other 11-year-olds, right? Like, that's the, that's the easiest well, way to say it. Now, what, No, actually, I, I don't necessarily agree with that because that, that just sounds like someone's right, easily going to botch. Well, well, no, you, I mean, these have to be 11-year-olds that have been – again, I would say the same yeah. thing. If, if you're letting 11-year-olds play football – how are well, we I mean, we, we had Chris Nowitzki on oh, a, a I, few way, months ago, and, I, and he said 11-year-olds shouldn't be right, able to play football. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that whatsoever, but we have. We've established that 11-year-olds can play football. Um, we're just, you know, hoping that we get smarter about it. I, 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 it's something that I think needs to be talked about, but I think we're being too simplistic when we say 11-year-olds can't be wrestlers. Okay, well, if she wants to be a wrestler in the same way that if my kid comes to me when he's 10 years old— and he says, I want to be a, a tennis player. Am I supposed to say, well, no, you're not allowed to do that? Like, well, I, I mean, the, the the difference is, I mean, part of it is, like, some of the bumps she took were pretty... Yeah, like, I definitely think they looked... It did not look like anything that an 11-year-old should be doing. I agree that right. it looked worse, and that's part of the problem here. If, if you want to say there's junior wrestling, and junior wrestling has to be, you know, it's still pro wrestling, but it's based on amateur where no one's getting lifted, no one's landing anywhere near their neck or head. Yeah. Okay. I, I think there's something to be made of it. And I think one of the problems here is that this was in Florida. Florida doesn't have a commission. It wouldn't be allowed in Maryland. It wouldn't be allowed in a lot of states. And this would be something where, personally, I would feel comfortable if there was an oversight of exactly what 11-year-olds were doing. Yeah, I, you know, as much as I'm not, I'm not really, uh, you know, this is with the libertarian in me coming out, mm-hmm. like, I'm not really in love with more government, but, like, I hear you, and in this instance, it's necessary, and I'm probably not, I probably wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I think it's something we need to c- continue the conversation on and explore, and, you know, there, there need to be people that are licensed and, understand what they're doing and can be responsible in these situations. And if that's the case, I, I don't know that I can say no, that there shouldn't ever be a time when 11 year olds allowed to wrestle. Look, I don't think I would want my kid to be wrestling, doing pro wrestling at 11 years old and taking bumps and stuff like that. But I don't know that I'm here to tell somebody else's that they can't. It's sort of how I feel about the football thing. Like I hear you, Chris Nowitzki. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I don't want I don't think I'm gonna let my 11 year old play football, but I'm also not inclined to say there should be a law that says that they can't. Um, I I do think that should be a decision that should be made and and try to educate people as much much as you can about it and let them make good decisions from that point. In the same way that I'm not I don't like the idea of prohibition. Uh, I don't think people should drink and drive, but I'm I'm opposed to having a law that would outlaw alcohol. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. I, I I think there's room for conversation in this situation. And I think some people just want it to be as simple as no, no, never. Okay. I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And ultimately you might not be wrong, but I'm not so quick to agree. Fair. Why don't we talk to Jacob Casper? Why don't we do that right now? Um, Aaron, I, I'm going to go ahead and address it right off the top. Uh, remember when we went to evolve, and, I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. Oh, I'm certainly going to bring it up. Um, you remember when we were there, there was a certain performer who was performing while wearing a Duke basketball jersey and Duke tights. I do remember that. Now, that was a pretty impressive performer, was it not? It, it was. If I remember correctly, that was one uh, Chris Hero. Yes, you may also know him as Cassius Ono these days. And uh, how did I greet uh, this that man when he came out in his uh, Duke uh, uh, paraphernalia? 
you did not take kindly to it. So this is awkward for me. I'm not going to lie. This is very awkward for me because our next guest is also a Duke guy and really accomplished way more. Like, you know, Cassius Ono is just a fan. This guy was an accomplished Duke athlete, and I don't know how we handle this because, you know, we are Maryland guys, and hell, our third mm-hmm. co-host even played football at Maryland. So this is awkward, but I'm going to do my best to not boo at every point of this conversation. <laughs> as joining us now is a man who has accomplished a great deal in his own career as an amateur wrestler and now uh, perhaps dipping his toes into the waters of the WWE. So he was recently in Orlando at the Performance Center and involved in a tryout. It's a pleasure to welcome Jacob Casper to the show. Jacob, it's Glenn and Aaron. Look, I, I just needed to get out of the way to begin with. We're both Maryland guys. This is very <laughs> uncomfortable for us. We have booed J.J. Reddick so many times in our life, but we appreciate you seeing past our differences to join us on the show this week. Glenn, Aaron, thanks so much for having me on, guys. I, I appreciate you addressing it up front. We can get it out of the way and move on from there. Uh. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, you know, we had Spencer Myers on a couple weeks ago. Did you know Spencer at all before you guys were down there in Orlando together? Uh, Spencer and I ran in similar circles. I can't say that I personally knew him before being down there. Okay. Um, but the wrestling community is real small, so knew of him, talked about him. Um, I'm sure he heard of me before that, and obviously I've watched both uh, or each other wrestle during our careers. So didn't know him before that, but it was cool to get to go down there and spend some time with him and pick his brain and uh, just learn about his experiences and uh, what his aspirations were for later in life. That's really cool. You guys didn't like consider maybe like shooting at any point and just sort of trying to handle business between the two of you to figure out who the better actual wrestler was of, of the two of you that were there at the tryouts. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, he's uh, he's obviously very accomplished, and um, I, I accomplished a little bit during my career. And a I think bit. those things are kind of behind <laughs> us. The sport of wrestling um, doesn't have too many egos, so that's always good. By the way, that's some damn fine <laughs> humility on your part. Really, really impressive humility, sir. Seriously. I'll give you credit for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, now I, we got to get this out of the way. Obviously, you know, we have memories of Duke. You don't have a lot of memories of Maryland because Maryland was already gone by the time you came through, right? So my freshman year in Maryland was still um, actually part of the ACC. Um, I wrestled, funny enough, I wrestled Jimmy Sheftock at 184 pounds. Okay. Senior night at Maryland when he was undefeated and number one in the country because Ed Ruth had just lost. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Maryland wrestling duel, but there's the Maryland heckler at those duels, and he was in full effect. <laughs> As Jimmy Sheftock mopped the mat with me that night. So, <laughs> so we know we know Robin Ficker really well. He is yeah. a legend. He's a legend, correct? And there are none quite like him. Absolutely, <laughs> he's great. I think he's great for the sport of wrestling, and he's just great for entertainment altogether. I agree. He brings so much energy, no matter where he's at. I agree. You know, you know what he does for a living, by the way. He's an attorney by trade. Yes, isn't he? not just an attorney, like a really high-powered attorney. <laughs> like that dude goes and has—I mean, he gets—he is on you, and then the next morning he wakes up and makes an unbelievable amount of money as an attorney. It's amazing the life that he lives. That's incredible, Good. man. Good preparation though for uh, getting in front of a live crowd, like you might in uh, the WWE world, though, huh? Oh, absolutely. No, and then, then I got we got to wrestle Maryland again actually my sophomore year at uh at Grapple at the Garden in Madison Square Garden. I got a little revenge on the Maryland guy then, so I, I was glad, you know, I ended my 
career against Maryland with a win. So no well, hard feelings. We're one and one, I guess we're even. And <laughs> kind of put it behind us then, huh? Uh, all right. We'll let it go then. We'll let it go. <laughs> hey, uh, Jacob, the experience of being down there in Orlando, I guess let's, let's, let's go back a little ways. Was this something that you had always considered as a possibility or – was it just a connection that brought it up that you said, I want to see it through? Can you just take us through why it is that you decided that you wanted to go down there and be a part of it? Wow, yeah, that's a great question. So during my life, um, especially young life, we were huge WWE fans, my older and younger brother and I. We watched it, or it was WWF at the time, WCW was, you know, Raw is War, Attitude Era, and it was a great time to be a fan. We watched it religiously. Every single time, um, anytime it was around us, we'd go to the shows and became a really, really big fan at a young age. Um, like a lot of fans do, we kind of went through a transition period when, you know, you, you start to realize some of it's choreographed or whatever it may be and kind of uh, fell out with the sport for a little while and then came back through um, and started appreciating it for its entertainment value later on, um, as well as the storyline and some of the other things that are associated with uh, professional wrestling and sports entertainment. When I got to college, it's funny, in hindsight, um, I was always tweeting about Vince McMahon wants me. I'm, I'm going to be a WWE superstar um, and all these things going into college. And at the time, it wasn't really a real possibility. I was just kind of doing it half-jokingly. Um, I'd, I'd say it's got to be up there for one of my dream professions of all time, something that I've always wanted to do. So when the opportunity sort of presented itself, I jumped at it. Um, I can't say that it was completely unexpected. I think everything I've kind of uh, have done in my career was anticipation of creating an opportunity like this. Um, whether that opportunity was actually going to present itself, I'm not sure um, at that time. But I'm, I'm glad it's here, and I'm really, really excited to see what the future holds for me. Was there one person in particular that you uh, were in touch with in the company? So I dealt a lot with Jerry Briscoe. Okay. He um, originally had tweeted out at the Olympics in 2016 that he was watching the wrestling portion to see who he could recruit. I had just um, wrestled in the Olympic trials a few months prior and saw that tweet. He's got 30,000 followers or whatever. Didn't think he'd ever see if I tweeted back at him, but I was going to give it a shot anyway. And I tweeted, that's great. You're looking at him, but whoever you find, you know, isn't as good looking, isn't as big, fast, strong, <laughs> whatever it may be, um, as, as I will be. He followed me right away, DM'd me, hey, if you're serious about it, here's my number. And I shot him a text right away. I was, I was really, really surprised, but very, uh, very in a positive way you know it's something that i've always wanted to do like i said so he was my main connect the last couple of years he came out and watched me um wrestle my junior year at uh quite a few events and he came back out my senior year and watched me at a, a bunch of events including my senior night and he's been a great mentor um in life in the sport of wrestling as well as beginning my professional wrestling journey so i uh, definitely mr briscoe was my main connect and someone that i really look up to that's really transitioning over i've dealt a lot with uh paul fair um, and starting to just deal with more and more people in the industry. So it's been fun. That's cool. That's really cool. Jacob Casper's with us here on Jobbing Out. Jacob, the way that you're talking about it, it, it feels like, you know, this is, you're pretty committed that this is some somehow, some way, this is going to be something that you're going to be doing. Am I reading that right? Uh, I, I've gone on podcasts before and I've been pretty open about it. I think that as long as they're as committed and as invested in me as I am in myself, as well as the company and the industry. I, I definitely think it's something that I'll pursue at some time. I've always been a dreamer and a believer, um, but more importantly, I've been a guy that's willing to put the work forward to like, make those things actually come to life. This has all been premeditated, I think, and well-calculated out. 
Um, I, I do want to definitely hold that w, the WWE title, the university, universal title, at some point in my career. And I also have other goals. You know, I want to grant Make-A-Wish Foundations. I want a platform to bring light to Crohn's disease. I want to um, be able to give back to kids that are in low-income areas and aren't able to afford opportunities and all those types of things. And the WWE provides such a great platform as well as the financial means to do so many of those things. And, um, I, I just am really, really excited about the opportunity. I also have worked very closely with Daniel Cormier, um, as well as Luke Rockhold, Cain Velasquez, and some of the other UFC fighters. Hmm. I think that's something that I might want to um, try my hand at. So right now I'm not entirely committed one way or another. I'm still kind of bouncing the ideas off of me. But um, I think it's something... When I'm laying on my deathbed at 80, I don't want to say have that regret of saying, man, I wish I would have. I think it's going to be something that I said, I'm glad that I did that. But... So basically we have a combination here of Brock Lesnar and John Cena. I see no reason why WWE would possibly <laughs> want that. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Yeah, right. That's all. That's a. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> I, I, I want to win titles everywhere. I want to give back to the community. Be a spokesperson. I mean, that pretty much checks off all the boxes. I mean, do you just want to go ahead and announce want. your campaign for president too while we're at it? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> now, what, what was the uh, after your uh, tryout down there? What sort of feedback did you get? Uh, you know, just kind of what's your talks been like with WWE? Um. Well, my, my first day there, I kind of had some travel constraints, um, not to make excuses, but I had a bunch of flights get canceled. I actually didn't get into Orlando from San Jose um, until 3.30 in the morning. Then I had to be up at 7 o'clock or 6.30 for a physical and then the uh, promo portion. For the promo portion, I didn't get to actually see the example promo that they wanted us to cut. They told us that we were not allowed to list our accomplishments. And if we were not professional wrestlers, they didn't want to give a, want us to give a professional wrestling gimmick. So I was a little confused at um, what they had wanted or expected out of us. So I gave a real calm just speech. You know, my name's Jacob Casper. I'm a guy that's always stayed true to what his parents raised him to be. I'm a guy that's never drank, that's never smoked, has always done the right things, woke up early, uh, went to bed on time, you know, took care of his body, did all these things. I showed up early, left late, went from being a JV wrestler in high school to being one of the top guys in the state of Ohio. I went from a losing record my first year in college to being one of the top guys in the amateur wrestling scene. Um, and I'm sure that these values are going to hold true, and I, I plan on taking this company to unprecedented levels of success financially in terms of viewership and, and uh, in terms of fan loyalty. And I just said it real calm like that, like I was just giving a presentation in class, and they thought that was pretty bland, I guess. So that was the, the most negative feedback I got, that I needed to show more energy, more attitude. Every day I would go up and ask each one of the coaches, hey, what can I improve on? What can I do better? And that was the feedback from the first day. And then after that little bit of negative feedback, I, I brought a lot more energy. I you know, I crushed a lot of the conditioning and physical aspects and just tried to improve, show more character, um, and get more and more involved. And I think by the end of it, I showed improvement even in that category. So just trying to get those things taken care of moving forward i think in order to be the star that i want to be to be the greatest of all time i need to be a little bit bigger so i'm planning on uh gaining some weight here the right kind of weight i'm working with uh daniel cormier's nutrition team since i'm close to dc already and um trying to make those gains i'm gonna start taking tumbling classes from uh some nc state gymnasts actually since he doesn't have a gymnastics team work on my flips really clean them up i can do a standing front flip and back flip already but I want to add even more to the repertoire than that. And then I'm also going to enroll in some public speaking and acting classes so I can really get this thing just knocked out if I decide to do this. You know, 
It can be a real, real quick transition. Um, if I decide to do the UFC, you know, these are things that are going to benefit me in that as well. So just trying to figure out what's next. It's so funny to me that they weren't into your promo. We're like, all I can think of is if I was in the same situation, I would just walk up and be like, hi, I'm Glenn. Does anybody have any cheese? Like, I mean, like, I have nothing. Like, yours sounded great to me, dude. I would have hired you in a heartbeat. I don't, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Some of those people were really, really impressive. Uh, we got to work out, you know, down there with roughly 50 other people. Some of those had some real planned out ones. Some of those people had me so motivated I was ready to run through a brick wall. Uh, that's cool. Some of us had us laughing, and they, they did a great job. I was really, really fortunate to get to try out with that many great people and get to make those connections. And let me ask you this, because, you know, you, you bring up both the WWE and the UFC, and I've, I've talked to, I've had similar conversations. We talked to Spencer about this stuff. I've talked to um, my buddy Kyle Snyder, obviously, about some of these things as well. And, and I wonder, look, clearly, the, you know, these t- companies are allowing Brock Lesnar to do both things at the same time, right? Because he's Brock Lesnar, and, yeah. and you can do whatever you want when you're Brock Lesnar. But when you're Jacob Casper, you, you probably can't do the same things that Brock Lesnar is allowed to do. Is would it be important to you to try to establish establish yourself as a as a fighter in a legitimate sport before you jumped over, or do you say I I don't care I want to do both in whatever order that comes in? It's not a big deal to me. I, and I ask because I feel like there are as a competitor, some people would say it is a big deal to me that I establish myself in this you know whatever you want to call it legitimate world before I do anything on the other side. Yeah, I think that's a great train of thought. I think uh, it's tried and true. Obviously, Rhonda has done a great job with that. I got to have dinner with Rhonda Monday night, actually, and got to pick her brain a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've been in touch as well with uh, CM Punk a little bit, who did a little bit of the opposite, right? As well as Brock Lesnar, who's a little bit in between. And, you know, Cain Velasquez was at the Performance Center recently trying out. So I've got to be in touch with all these people that have kind of done both. And um, at this point in time, uh, you know, not to sound arrogant, I know what my work ethic's like. I know what I'm willing to give and what I'm willing to sacrifice and how hard I can push myself. And I know I can succeed in either world, um, no matter what the order is. So if I need to go be a WWE star and win a title first and then take that fan viewership over to the UFC when I get that strapped to, we can do that. Or I can go and run through the UFC division real quick and then go over to the WWE and hold a title there. Dude. Um, Brock's obviously had both titles. I think Ronda will hold both titles at some time during her career. But um, nobody's ever held them simultaneously, and that's something I want to do. I want to be the first to do um, a lot of things, but that's one of the things I want to do. I want to be the greatest uh, sports entertainer through the WWE that they've ever had, as well as, you know, like I said, a lot of the community involvement and uh, civic engagement, and then I want to do the same thing in the UFC. I want to blend the companies and blend uh, blend the fan viewership uh, between the two and help the MMA community and help out the professional wrestling community as well. Well, I want to be the first guy on Mars. Um, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, dude. I am. You're, you're threatening, Aaron. I don't know how you feel, but he's threatening dude. to make me like a Duke guy, and that is really, like, really tough. Me, why are you bothering with public speaking? You have me like captivated <laughs> right now. I'm all in. You're the next rock with oh, UFC credentials. My God. Yeah. Why don't you just go yeah. host Saturday yeah, Live? Tell Paul. Tell Paul Flair. Or tell Paul Fair and uh, Triple H that, then let's get this figured out, huh? My God, dude, you are killing it, man. That is awesome. That. that is awesome, dude. Um, all right. Well, other than that, <laughs> you know, like it's a shame you don't have any goals. It's just a real shame that you have nothing in mind. Oh my God, dude, that's that is incredible. All right, uh, what can we plug for you, bro? Like you know, as as we await your takeover of the world. 
Um, what in the meantime, uh, social media, anything like that? Is there anything that we can plug for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I love all uh, fans. I love all support that I can get. All of my social media handles are the exact same thing. It's just Jacob A. Casper, Casper with a K. Um, I love interacting with people. It's a small community, so I love giving back, so I'd appreciate any and everything. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for you guys to have me on the show. It means a lot, so thank you so much. All right, before I let you go, i got to share this because I just pulled up. This is hilarious. I just pulled up Robin Ficker's Wikipedia page. <laughs> So I'm just going to read this first line to you. This is hilarious. Robin Ficker, who, by the way, is 75 years old now. Robin Ficker is an American attorney, real estate broker, political activist, and sports heckler who lives in Boyd's, Maryland. How many people on the face of the planet do you think have a Wikipedia page that includes sports heckler in the first sentence? Jeez. Didn't he get banned by uh, like yeah. Michael Jordan or whatever? Yeah, the, so, the, the Wizards, yep. It was Bar- Barkley. Barkley yeah. was the one who really hated him. Yeah, yeah, it was a real thing, man. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Hey, uh, all Maryland events, or is he specifically for wrestling? He's, he, he shows up for others, but what he does, it's, it's not comparable to what he does at wrestling events. Like, it's not it, – it, he's half the show at wrestling <laughs> events. It is unbelievable, man. Hey, um, Jacob, seriously, again, outside of the Duke thing, you're incredible. Um, so much so that we've, we've kind of almost forgotten about the Duke thing a little bit. That's how <laughs> yeah, great. Just don't, just don't wear the Duke gear when you get in the ring. And, well, and not we'll here. Okay. Not like in Maryland. That's, like, like, don't do that. That would probably be a bad idea. But outside of that, uh, dude. Well, unless he wants to be a heel. I'm sure he could be a good heel. <laughs> sure sounds like it. <laughs> hey, Jacob, seriously, man, thank you for taking the time to join us, dude. This was a lot of fun. We'd love to do it again as, uh, as you progress in uh, this unbelievable career path that you have plotted out for yourself. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. Anytime you guys want me on, I would love to be uh, back on. And thanks so much for a great time. I really, really do appreciate all of it. Good stuff. Look, he's still a dookie, and so we still have issues. But uh, I don't know. He's a great guest. He's going to be a star. No doubt about like that. That's the thing. At some point, the fact that he's a star outweighs that Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right, uh, when we come back in, boy, we are running late again this week. When we come back in, I am really excited. A local guy done good, and what an amazing story. Timmy Baltimore, he's going to be at All In on Saturday, and he's one of ours, so we're going to talk to him next. I'm Glenn, he's Aaron. This is Jobbing Out. Score big at the Green Turtle with our legendary crab dip, juicy burgers, or any of our delicious boardwalk iced teas and lemonades. Bring the whole team and celebrate your latest win in our rent-free party room. Need to raise money for your sports league or team? Our Funds for Friends program has raised over $1 million for local sports organizations. Everyone is a winner at the Turtle. Visit thegreenturtle.com to find your local Turtle. Back in here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And, of course, coming up this Saturday, pro wrestling goes all in in Chicago. An event that will be on pay-per-view will kick off at 6 o'clock on WGN America with Zero Hour. And uh, our next guest is, is an unbelievable story of the path that he's taken in life as a pro wrestling fan and then someone who's made his life all about pro wrestling. And 
Um, I, we might end up just having him tell us his background and not get to any questions. That might be the way that this goes. <laughs> uh, he's one of ours. There's a reason why he goes by the name that he goes by, and he's going to be part of the broadcast on Saturday for All In. It's a pleasure to be joined by Mr. Timmy Baltimore here on Jobbing Out. Timmy, it's Glenn and Aaron. It's so good to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for taking the, the time for us this week, and uh, we are so excited for you and what's coming up on Saturday. Glenn, Aaron, gentlemen, how are you? Thank you for having me. I, uh, I want to tell you guys, I just got off the phone with a little bit of um, a, a production conference call about All In, and holy God, if the excitement wasn't enough now, um, just some little inside things that are going on. Uh, this this event, every, everything changes Monday. I will say that everything <laughs> right. is on Monday in the professional wrestling world. All right, period. so let's just let's call it like it is. Which matches CM Punk going to come out during? Just give us the dirt. We want to know. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I know that man. People are chomping at the bit for old Phil Brooks to uh, <laughs> chop, chop, back chop on all in. But I I I can tell you right now. It, it, whether it, nobody will be thinking CM Punk at all in. Okay. Okay. This event is the coolest thing to happen in a long, long time. I mean, it's been what twenty-five years, no doubt, since something since uh, since the an event without the WCW or WWE banner has sold out ten thousand. I mean, that's that's. I know you say that to people outside of wrestling, they you know that aren't fans or. Um, you know, just regular citizens, and they don't, that doesn't quite compute. But for people in the industry, this is the biggest show of the year, one of the biggest shows in, in, in a long time, a real milestone. I'd say even bigger than Mania as far as inside the industry goes. Wow. I am, look, wow. We're, we're all, trust me, we are stoked. I mean, we can't oh, wait. Oh, I'm, I'm shaking right now just from you hyping me up. Right. <laughs> like, I promise you, we were stoked. And we were even stoked before we found out that you're going to be involved. But selfishly, from a local standpoint and from knowing your story a little bit, we are really excited that you're going to be a part of it. Um, if, if you could, because I think there's a lot of people that, that have recognized your name or heard a little bit about you and and know sort of somewhat about your story, and I'm sure this could take an hour, so you know, give us the abridged version as much as you can. Could you give those of our listeners who don't know about you and your story and how you got to this place in your life as as a wrestling guy, um, can you just give us the background of, of of who Timmy Baltimore is? Well, I rolled out of bed and got a phone call, and then there I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if it's as simple as that, yeah, it's just nepotism at its best. No, it's been <laughs> it's been a hell of a journey. Um, to uh, I guess the Reader's Digest version um would be uh you know well first and foremost baltimore has to be represented yes yes it does yeah it'll be come on man we're the mid-atlantic area the old uh nwa at the baltimore arena shows sting was the most over wasn't he sting and beautiful bobby eaton i feel like (laughs) the most over in our area but um so I'm, i'm happy to represent the hometown i'm happy to represent charm city um, it was, I guess my story, just to, to be serious for a moment, is um, when I was five years old, uh, I was in a car wreck with my old man, and that was actually in Habit of Grace, in Aberdeen. Um, and we struck a tree, 
He, uh, I had broken my back T1 through 7. That's just the thoracic spine. Um, and was fortunate enough. I know that's a weird sentence to say, <laughs> but fortunate enough to uh, to be flown to Johns Hopkins and uh, had a guy named Dr. Paul Sponseller put me back together. He even had uh, likes of Ben Carson was in there for a minute. Um, and I was actually in the hospital at the same time as the first time. Do you remember the Siamese twins? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, they stole a little bit of my heat, man. <laughs> I was, I was supposed to be, you know what I mean? I thought, that, you know, this is a big thing. You know, I was the youngest, smallest kid to get Harrington rods. They had to specially make them. And then here come these Siamese twins, front page. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so anyway, it was it was a lot of uh, in and out of surgeries, five to seven. You hit your growth spurt. So they had to put in the rods, take them out, put them in, take them out. But I uh, went from having a pretty grim prognosis of you know never walk again to one day my right my right toe moved and we were off to the races from there um and i wish that was the end of it but um you know i guess adversity builds character um so uh then in the year 2000 i had to go back in to get rods put in as an adult um, and between the, between like seven and the year ages of 18, I lived a pretty normal life. Uh, you know, I was in elementary school and whatnot at Per Hall, Per Hall, uh, elementary. And then I actually went to St. Paul's. Wow. Look <laughs> uh, at you. Bougie. Yeah, know, Bougie, right? <laughs> they, uh, you know how Baltimore is though. It's not where you went to. Uh, college. That's right. High school. That's the way it yeah, works. By the way, I was Perry Hall High School, just for the record. Oh! Yeah, yeah. See, that was my, like, guilty pleasure. Like, I would uh, cut out a class. Like, I had my neighborhood friends, Perry Hall, and then, you know, all my private school friends at St. Paul's. But I'm a... I think I'm a... I think left a different circumstance. I'm definitely a Perry Hall boy. I like that. Um, I like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I like that. Get along. Um, and then, um, so, anyway, before college... And, went back in they put the rods back in but it was kind of a botched ordeal with some blood stuff so i died five different times in the hospital then was on life support for three and a half weeks so that was a human nightmare um because at 18 you're conscious you know what's going on and so to be you know innovated which means have the tube down your throat basically on being kept alive by machines and being aware of that and you know having doctors come in and say, you know, telling my mom and my sister, you know, you better start making arrangements, things like that. It's like, dude, I can hear you. (laughs) (laughs) Step outside. Um, So then I would guess it would be at about uh, uh, 23, right when I graduated college, I – um, oh, and I miraculously survived that one. That's that's good news. Which is um, why we can laugh about yes. it now, right? <laughs> you gotta laugh, man. Otherwise, good lord, yeah. it'll beat you up. So um, then I said, you know, I, I've been doing the indies. I I started training at Bone Breakers at the time, is now the MCW Professional Wrestling Training Center yep. with RJ the Bruiser. I'm sure you guys know Dan McDevitt. Of course, you guys of course. Paths with these of, guys? of course, man. We know Corporal yeah. Punishment quite well. He's our buddy. <laughs> Yeah, so, was, I mean, thankfully, they, you know, they. I walked in, they said, what are we going to do with this handicapped kid? He won't go away. <laughs> uh, we got to do something with him eventually. But I, I didn't, that was the whole thing, like, there, be, going through what I'd already been through, you couldn't, there was nothing, 
that could scare me. Like you, you just there was I had seen uh, the seventh circle of hell, and you know it's the old saying: if you're going through hell, keep going. And you just couldn't like you couldn't scare me. I saw plenty of people get scared off, get squeamish, and eventually, um, which is proof that kind of anybody can make it in wrestling and not anybody, but you really have to, anybody can, if you have talent, hard work, and you have a true perseverance and you have that true fighting spirit, if you just don't quit, something can happen. So I, I packed my bags after college, moved to Louisville, Kentucky, not Louisville, Louisville. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> walked in, same thing I've been through before. What are we going to do with this kid? Um, Danny Davis threw me at the table uh, I took the ball and I ran with it. I said, this is my lot. I'm going to become the best young guy in the in the deal. And um, I, for a period of time, um, was doing two TV shows a week and then four house shows. So, I mean, I had no choice but to get – I was either going to get good or get gone. And, uh, again, it started to – I started to make waves in, with WWE – and the same question, what do we do with this handicapped kid? He won't go away, he won't stop calling us on Christmas, asking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little trick of the trade. Um, call on Christmas? Name, <laughs> yeah, call on a holiday, because everybody answers their phone, hey, hey, what's up with the, uh, you know, is there an opening coming up? I used to get, <laughs> with that. I used to get Bruce Richard with that. And uh, eventually it, it worked. Um, I got um, the call, I was, I was very close with one of the, uh, obviously promoters and minds and a real, uh, I would say, good Lord, a, a puppeteer and a, and a mastermind of our generation of wrestling. And he's quickly becoming a Cody and, um, uh, got in real close with his family and they took, took it, took me in. And when an opportunity arose in, in FCW, which is now NXT, um, I got the call and I worked under Dusty for, um, uh, a couple years, and then um, that kind of—I I was never let go. Uh, I just—it was—it was. I always saw myself as more, and this may have been just youthful idiocy, but I, I kind of always saw myself being more of a talking head, being able to speak on wrestling and 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 things of that nature, as opposed to um, some of the backstage stuff. So, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a great opportunity. And uh, I don't have any regrets about doing it. It helped uh, it helped bring me in my journey. What, what can I say? There's no bad experience. There's only experience. So where we, uh, I know I'm yammering here, but where we stand now is um, last fall, I went to, uh, throughout the, in, we're talking like spring, summer of 2017, um, my neck was killing me, and I'm not one to complain, man. So if something, if I'm, I, I never cry wolf. So if something's hurting, it's hurting. And I got in with a neurosurgeon in the fall and he was like, Oh, your neck was broken and it fused. So I had no idea. So I'm going, Oh crap. Okay. Well, what do we do? Well, we just sit on it. We wait. Well, and we couldn't wait because I got a, this bone infection. So they had to go in and, uh, last fall. And I went in on, to the ER, Tampa general on, November 20, or excuse me, October 23rd, and I left on January 23rd. <laughs> so uh, it was a little scary, a little out of nowhere, and just another instance where they didn't think I was going to make it, and I did. 
I'm not getting cocky about that. Trust me, I'm just lucky. <laughs> just just <laughs> say it like it was you keep – you always make death tap. Like that's just the yeah. way that you are. Dude, you... It's, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, I don't know if I'm the luckiest unlucky guy or the unluckiest lucky guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, 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 uh, uh, again, um, the last surgery they put in, I'm fused C2 to T10. They put in more hardware. And where we stand now, and I haven't really told any of this publicly, but Glenn and Aaron, you guys are going to get it. Um, the top screws aren't taking, so um, they're, I'm caught in a game of opinions, second opinions, of, well, we got to go in and do something. Does that mean tears in your skull or your spine, which means you don't move your head again? Does that mean putting you in a halo? Um, and it's one of those things you just don't know. And a lot of them don't know till they get in there. So it's like going in for a nose job and coming out with double D's. I don't like, you know, <laughs> you don't want, it's scary stuff. Is so, that common? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that may not have been appropriate. Yeah, no, you're good, dude. You're good. That's, <laughs> um, so, you know, it, I needed a silver lining here, man. Like, I, uh, uh, and put in wrestling terms, I've been taking the heat a long time. So um, this is a little hope spot, and I got um, the call from a good, good buddy of mine, Joey Mercury, and Cody had suggested, uh, you know, going to see Dow- Diamond Dallas Page and DDPY, and I went down to see him a couple weeks ago, and we had that mutual moment, like, we can help each other, like, you can help me uh immediately improve like 40 minutes and i was immediately improving um and if he gives me that even if i don't believe i'm not a miracle guy i'll put it that way but if he can if there's a one percent outside chance that can help i'm doing it that's all there is to it so um he was he's been real real positive uh you know you walk out of these doctor's office with a rain cloud over your head like freaking charlie brown and i walked out of there with some hope uh, seeing that and that was in atlanta Cody asked me while I was there um, if I'd be interested in um, calling a couple matches or a match or whatever, man. I'll do the raffle. I'll do intermission at all. <laughs> the wrestling event of the year. Um, and I think commentating, you know, you, when you're in practice, it's, it's, it's important, but uh, it's kind of like riding a bike. Um, and it's also, as you guys know, you either, you either got it or you don't, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So, wow. So that's my story. I'm sticking to it, gentlemen. Aaron, I'm going to let you go, but I just want uh, <laughs> to go back to one second. Um, uh, this conversation began with him saying, I died five times. I just want to register that because <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to be something we're ever going to hear from another guest on this show. <laughs> I think that might be a first. But Unless go ahead. we learn to, to talk to the afterlife right, or something right. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you never know, man. Technology, right? I guess. It's not that kind you of never story, know. Never <laughs> Seriously, though, you know, you every step of the way, you had naysayers, whether it's in life or in wrestling. But but why wrestling? I, I got to ask that. Like, it seemed like it would be really easy to just walk away at any point for you, especially with all these naysayers. But what about it kept you going? Well, um, with the way I am, it wouldn't have been easy walking away. I would have had to limp away. Um, the, <laughs> just joking. Um, no, I, uh, you know what it was, man? <laughs> it was, it's the same thing that drew you guys to, to the industry. I, I'm assuming it was, I was a kid and I'm watching these superheroes on TV. Um, you know, I, I, 
they're doing things that you could only dream of and um it it's almost inexplicable uh it, it in, in my position it's coming to terms with uh what i couldn't do and what what i don't want to say i i didn't have or taken from me but just things that were my limitations um i looked at wrestling as anything's possible any anybody can do anything and um when it came time to <laughs> to to make a decision with what to do with my life, I mean, law school seemed great, but wrestling seemed more fun, <laughs> and uh, and so I, I really I really went for it. And I I, I wanna, like it's important to note like with uh, with pulling through a lot of these these difficult and traumatic situations, um, to say anybody can do anything. It's that's almost too. I, I feel like that's dismissive, because um, I don't want to say that. I want to say though, like it's about the small victories. Like I didn't wake up and it was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a commentator in wrestling. It was all about one small victory after another. Today I'm gonna be able to tie my shoe, hmm. right? Hmm. Tomorrow I'm gonna be able to walk three steps. The next day I'm gonna, you know. So it's it's about the small victories and and the and the putting in the time and the work to hopefully amount to something. And again, there's no denying hard work and, and talent. And a lot of times the talent comes with the hard work. So man, that's, that's if the long, the long of the short. That's, that's why wrestling. Timmy Baltimore is with us again. He's going to be part of the broadcast on Saturday for all in. And uh, clearly is so much more than that. Uh, Timmy, so I know that when you were going through this last year, there were some, and I actually tried to track you down at this point because I, I, I felt bad that I didn't know more about what was going on. Um, I, I know that, you, that, that there were some needs. Or the, the stuff that you're going through now, do you still have needs monetarily? Do you still have, I mean, like, as far as your medical expenses are concerned, is, is there ways you, you, that people could still help you with any of that? Yeah, so uh, there is a, it's not a, um, it's not a GoFundMe. It's a, um, good Lord, what the heck? Um, yes, there always, there's always the medical bills popping up, and it's one of those things too. Like I was, I was, uh, man, I was upset. My my girlfriend had set it up, and I never. I'm one of those, one of those people that doesn't like to. I I don't know. Like look, I, I don't want to say we. I just don't like to let everybody in at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, very touchy situations and um when she put it out i was upset but then it was like it was so it was so staggering the amount of love and support everybody showed me um and i did i just didn't see that coming uh if you uh i'll put a i'll put up a link on the on my Twitter at Timmy Baltimore, um, if everybody has a moment, but I have, I do have <clears throat> right now. The, it's the ongoing visits, but surgery looks to be another another round. Looks to be coming up in the next two or three months. Okay, um, I'm trying to stay in as good a shape as possible to put that off. But uh, yeah, and 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 the other thing too, guys, like it's like you never know till you go to go through it. Or you never know till you have a loved one goes that goes through it. Anytime I'm treated like <clears throat> dismissively or kind of like crap because of my disability, which happens, 
I just look at the people, man. I go, if I have one superpower, it would be perspective. I'd be able to touch somebody and they'd go, oh, I get it. Because the bottom line is this. If you're fortunate enough to live long enough, you're going to become disabled. Like, it's hmm. going to happen to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if even that, not that, it's going to happen to a loved one. We all get old. It happens. So, to, to hopefully, everybody understands that when, you know, you see somebody struggling or going through a tough time, even just to open up your heart a little bit in the sense of just trying to understand that that could be your father, that could be your mother, that could be your son. You know, how many moms wake up on their way to the PTA meeting on Monday morning and then Tuesday, something bad happens Monday night and Tuesday. They they got kids with special needs, you know? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, no, I, mm-hmm. and, and it's a powerful testament to what you're talking yeah. about. And, um, yeah, we will make sure that we share that out when we get it. You know, w- with all of this stuff looming, does that just kind of make this weekend even even that much more important to you in addition to, obviously, the wrestling community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm, man, I've always avoided the goofy thing. Like, if you've been, you've been around anything long enough, you get cynical, right? And, uh, I'm sure you guys can relate. Of course. Um, you know, so when you hear, like, you'll hear a lot of guys say, this is the big show, this is our WrestleMania. It's like, oh, God, roll your eyes. Yeah, right, buddy. <laughs> um, but this legitimately is the biggest show. Uh, and, that sense of occasion and the fact that the fact that it's like it's my friend you know i haven't even met the young bucks yet i haven't even met these guys yet and they were kind enough to to bring me in on cody's work but the fact you know you see one of your good friends who's put in the work and he's he's changing things they're changing things um i mean you spoke about cm punk like there's a guy who said he wanted to change things. He did for a moment, but these guys are actively doing it still. And um, that's that's awesome. Uh, there's a guy, I think it was David Starr. I, I don't know him, but I, he said something really smart. He said, there's a wrestling middle class now. Guys, you don't have to be the top 1% to, to be able to, to make a living and feed your family if you're talented. So I think that's pretty amazing. Um, do you know yet exactly what you're going to be doing, or is that going to be have to be a guys t- tune in on Saturday and you'll find out type of thing? That that's a tune in on Saturday for me too. <laughs> tune in on Saturday, Timmy. <laughs> See, that's one of the problems of working with friends too. They'll kind of mess with you. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've been told, "Hey, this is what you're doing," at uh, you know today, and then when I get there, be told, "Hey, this is what you're doing." And then right before I go out. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. Do, do, do you have a power That's rankings of matches you'd like to do? Do you have like a top three? Uh, I mean, I think, I think I'd be a fool not to want to be a part of history with Cody and uh, Nick Aldis for the NWA heavyweight mm-hmm. championship. Um, I think – Anybody in wrestling, if you don't want to call a Kenny Omega match, yeah. if you're in commentary, then you're in the wrong deal. And um, But I think, personally, um, I don't know, I'm leaning towards Okada and, and Squirrel. I think I could offer the most to that, especially because that's the highest probability for broken bones. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've got one or two of those. That's not bad. All right, what is what are the what's the percentage chance that if they put you on the mic for the battle royal that at some point you just say the hell with this, I'm going, I'm getting in, and I'm earning myself a Ring of Honor title shot? Ninety nine point nine percent. I'm oh. pitching them all out. <laughs> All out, all in, man. That would be so freaking cool if that would somehow happen that way. What What do you guys want to jack for? Okay, so we had Jordan on a couple weeks ago, and like the thought of what that could be. And I and look, I'm not, I don't saying they should just do it for the sake of doing it. But the thought of Jordan winning the battle royal, and then she facing Lethal for the Ring of Honor title later on in the night, like. What a goddamn moment that would be for pro wrestling at this show. You know, like, what an unbelievable sort of... Because it's totally viable. It, it's it's unbelievably viable based on who she is and what she's all about. And yet it would still be such history. And it wouldn't be like you were just doing it because you wanted to milk the promotion out of it. Because you haven't been promoting it, you know, at all right. for the last couple of weeks. So something about that, to me, would just be, like, the most incredible thing that could happen on Saturday. The fact that it's a possibility and the fact that you have three crazy people at the steering wheel and Cody and the Young Bucks. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like there's the show sold out in 29 minutes. That's freaking awesome. The 10,000 seater, it's, it's insane. People coming from all over the globe. But we keep forgetting, like, there's going to actually be a show. Right. And that that seems so unimportant in all of this, and yet right. it's still going to be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna. It's like it's there. I, I don't know, man. I think somebody would have to come out and fart in a microphone for three hours for it to be a bad show. <laughs> it's, it's going to be. It's going to be awesome. Like I said, everything, everything is different on Monday. If they think for one second, every single person involved in the business and beyond. Uh, but every person in the business, I'm talking to the top of the top of the mountain, pal, uh, isn't <laughs> putting their ear and eyes on this. So, so it's 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 all happening. It's all happening. History is happening. History beckons. I don't know why you won't just say Daniel Bryan is coming and is going to win the the battle royal. I don't know why you're hinting around it. Just well, tell us. Kevin just, Owens quit on Monday. That's so true. He's right? Up. Yeah. Right. Just tell us the truth. <laughs> There, well, I don't know who Daniel Bryan is. I think that's intellectual property of somebody else. Oh, right. Brian Danielson. My apologies. <laughs> the American oh, yeah. Dragon. That's right. Brian up. Danielson will be showing up. No doubt about that. Oh, man. Uh, Timmy, uh, seriously, uh, first of all, as everybody has already, you're, you're an unbelievably inspirational figure to, to so many. And it's so cool to see this playing out for you, for you to be able to have this moment on Saturday. We are wishing you absolutely nothing but the best. I know you mentioned it's at Timmy Baltimore on Twitter. Um, is there anything else that we can plug for you? Um, keep that. Let's just do all in and at Timmy Baltimore for now. I'm going to be calling on you guys here uh, in, uh, probably after all in about a couple weeks or so and uh, maybe 
having something else up my sleeve for you. I love it. If that's okay with you guys. Of course. One hundred percent. Dude, absolutely. We are happy to do it, man. We're you know, like even if, if we didn't like you, just the fact that you're we there are people that are from here that we don't even like, but we do favors for them anyway. Just because, you know, like, hey, it's all we're supposed to support each other. That's the way that it goes. Right. But we actually like you. So that's the that's good news. <laughs> so you got it, man. Hey. You guys are, well, that's the thing, too. Most of the country hates uh, us from Baltimore. So we yeah, man. We better have each other's back. There's no doubt about that. We better have it. Hey, Timmy, seriously, dude, enjoy this weekend. Uh, I can only imagine how special it's going to be for you and, and continued um, uh, best news as far as the medical side of things is concerned. And let's definitely be in touch for sure real quick. All right. Great. Aaron, Glenn, everybody at home, thank you so much, guys. And keep representing Baltimore. Wow, that's unbelievable. Un-freaking believable, man. Yeah. What a story. Timmy Baltimore, um, incredible. And uh, really, really happy for that dude. Really happy for that dude and wishing him the best in uh, everything he still has that he's got to deal with moving forward. So Can't, awesome. wait. Can't wait to see what match he gets. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting because, like, I would love if they tried to incorporate him in the Battle Royal somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love right. for that to be the case. But, you know, whatever he does, it's just it's just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, Aaron, let's try to do this quickly. We're not – like, we talked about maybe doing a pick segment for all in. We're not going to do that. And, like, in a way, it's almost impossible to do it because so few of these matches have tangible, like, next week – um, outcomes, Correct. right? So let's just talk about the card. Um, tell me what matters. Tell me what's most important. Go take me through all in. Uh, we'll try to do this in a, in a fairly quick manner. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Battle Royal already, so we won't too, uh, spend too much time there. I know, you know, there, there are my, – my hunch is – Someone we ha- we don't know yet is winning that. Okay. That's my hunch. Uh, we do know for, uh, we, we talked about Jordan Grace, Brian Cage is in there, Moose, Billy Gunn, Ricky Romero, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Colt Cabana, Ethan Page, as well as Punishment Martinez. You mentioned Brandon Cutler's in there. I feel like we know somebody else too. Who am I not thinking of? That sounds like most of right, the. Right. Well, them that's to what me, we know so far. Yeah. So yeah, my my hunch is someone is right. Maybe it's Flip after all this, and that would be you know, fitting. That would be fitting. It, it would yeah, but it would all, it would almost be too odd. Like that's how yeah, you get I him involved. You. I hear you. I hear you. So I, I'm kind of looking for him elsewhere. I don't know where at this point, but right. right. Um, the other pre-show match, which is on WGN, will be uh, the Briscoes versus Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Yeah, cool match. Not bad. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Um, and then of course we get to the main card. Uh, you got the four-way uh, women's match: Madison Rain, Britt ba- Baker, Chelsea Green, Tess Blanchard. I'm pretty, pretty know, good. All great. If I had to guess, I would say Tess, but that's one of those ones that are you know completely up in the air, and it'll it'll just be fun and entertaining. Okay. Uh, we have Joey. This one just got announced as a Chicago street fight, which for these competitors makes sense and it's how these two really shine Joey Janela Hangman Page Yeah sure great wonderful love it Yes yeah. e- exactly and I feel like that's going to be a lot of it for, Yeah that's a know. good point right like I don't o- know Okada versus Skrull Yeah wonderful oh. I I don't know if you've seen many of the videos lately from the like the being the elite right. videos Right It's so wonderful because Okada and them are doing this kind of bit where basically the idea is once Marty loses here, what's he going to have to do besides go to just go to 205 Live? <laughs> which is really funny. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, so like Okada will walk by and he just like 
holds up a two zero five. Uh, it's it's wonderful. That's it's absolutely wonderful, and the match is going to be absolutely wonderful. I think Marty already has a shirt. If he doesn't have a shirt, he's he's posting cartoons with. He's the uh he's gonna be the rain stopper. Shows him with the umbrella in front of the rainmaker. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Again, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. 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 Uh, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon. Kenny Omega just named uh, PWI number one in the PWI one five hundred. Okay. So cool. And again, who is complaining about this match? My hunch is I, I'd be very surprised if Kenny Omega doesn't go over I mean, just because right, it's Kenny Omega. Exactly He's right. the IWGP champion. Yep. Yeah. Um, one more interesting ones into me because I'm I'm an admitted mark and because I'm just curious to see how it goes is Christopher Daniel Stephen Amell. Yeah, look, I I gotta be honest with you, I have not, I just don't care about Stephen Amell. You know what I mean? Like so. This, like I said, I'm an admitted mark. Right, this just doesn't do anything for me, but that's fine. Like I get it. There's a there's a it's. Clearly, he's somehow relevant in a world that I just don't understand, and I, I'm not, you know, I'm not making fun of it, right? Like, I, I get it, and I have no problem with it, and, you know, he looked pretty good when we saw him uh, at SummerSlam. I, I don't think it's embarrassing, um, so I'm, I'm fine. Go ahead, but it doesn't do anything yeah. for me. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see, because he's been putting in time. Like, right. he's been putting in more time than he put in for SummerSlam. He's, he's been planning this for a while. I remember... Uh, at Awesome Con, I was standing with the New Day. Stephen Amell came up. They started talking for a while, and Stephen Amell was saying, "Then, yeah, I'm I'm planning on wrestling. I want to do this right." Okay. So well, I mean, you put him in the ring with one of the best in the world. Yeah, I'm I, very curious to see I, what he can do. I hope he's I hope it's all right. But yeah, it just doesn't. It's just not for me. Right. Uh, Nick Aldis, Cody Rhodes, NWA title. Yep. That one I can see going in so many different ways. Like Cody Rhodes makes sense as the NWA champion. He just does. Sure, but in a way, does it really matter who the NWA champion is? They're trying to make it matter. I, under, I understand, but does yes. it? No, it doesn't. Overall, it doesn't. But seeing Cody Rhodes with the NWA title, in for whatever reason, is just a cool visual. All right. All right. And... Just, just for me, uh, when we talked about Jay Lethal, and then, of course, the main event, um, just kind of the ultimate indie dream match you got. Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Bushi against Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito. Yeah, it's pretty effing good. Pretty yeah. effing good. Doesn't matter who wins, we all win. Yep. Saturday night, uh, the Zero Hour on WGN at 6, right? And then yep. the show is on pay-per-view at 7. Awesome stuff. All right, man. Uh, let's get the plugs in. You're on Twitter? Uh, at the Aoster. Show's on Twitter? Uh, at Jobbing Out Show. Email? Dropping at show at gmail.com. Uh, Baltimore Sun Rolling Stone. Uh, I'll be doing something around all in. Awesome. Uh, thanks to all of our guests this week. Uh, about, by the way, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio and glennclarkradio.com. Thanks to all of our guests. Holy crap. Uh, thanks to Frank the Clown. Thanks to Jacob Casper. Thanks to Timmy Baltimore. All three great guests. Appreciate them joining us. And that means I don't think we're going to have another guest for two months. So it's just the way that it works. <laughs> All right, uh, for uh, Aaron Oster and for the uh, four uh, joined by main event, vent, 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 AJ Francis, I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Jobbing Out!